It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. With over 21 class-leading brands, Wakeling Automotive is home to your next new car. Call Maddie anytime. 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Welcome to Morning Glory with Maddie Johns. Yes, and welcome to Morning Glory. And I tell you what, some of the conversations that have been taking place in this studio before we went to air, it's going to be a big show. People, hang in there. We're going to review, preview, what's up Joey's nose, uh, Webster, movie of the week, Crocodile Dundee. Sound advice, cold chisels, circus animals, it's all happening. City Morning Herald's Andrew Webster. G'day, Webby. Hi, Matthew. How are you? How are you? Yeah, good. Good. That's my earnest tone. Yes. Uh, hello to the Prince of Pennant Hills. Uh, ben, how are you, pal? Very good. How's Very your good. week been? Uh, busy. Busy. That was a, sorry, that was a rhetorical question. Oh, sorry. You don't <laughs> want me to go on right. about it? Okay, no worries. <laughs> no worries. It's been good, Matthew. Uh, sweet maestro, Magic Fingers, Alex, how are you, mate? Uh, I'll keep it short and sweet, Matty. Very good. No, that wasn't a rhetorical <laughs> question, right? <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, the eighth immortal, uh, all the way from Bronte, please welcome Andrew Johns, everyone. Haven't you got those claps? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can just... Because I was trumpets. looking for a drum roll. We didn't organise it, though. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm good. Andrew Johns. I'd we like... haven't got it yet. One second. We'll get it. There it is. It's like the old days. Cheering from the Andrew Johns stand. Cheering cheering to walk up and get another Dally M. As he was walking around McDonald's. Come on, Webby, have a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we're waiting for something that's funny. <laughs> I'd like to say never better, but... Uh, never better. Mate, uh... Webby, good to see you, mate. Have you recovered? Me and Webby caught up with an old mate of ours, Stephen Gibbs. God bless you, Gibbsy. Um, at the Bells at uh, Hotel at Woolloomooloo there. Mm. I reckon we had 22, 23 schooners. I haven't. Uh, it's fair to say the next day uh, I had peeled myself out of bed. And what did you well. say? Pe- peeled. Peeled. Oh, I thought you said no, no. It was a good session, wasn't it? It was you good. You know what? I love, well, apart from the fact that you were chained to the jukebox the whole time. Yeah, yeah, good yes. jukebox selection yeah. there. Yep. And it was going to be a big day when you put on a bit of Kenny Rogers as soon as you walked through and went yes. straight off the, the yep. jukebox. But it's, yep. it's good Ruben to be. Ruben James. That was it. That was the song straight. And <laughs> that set the tone. Again. But also, um, it was so good to be just in an, a pub that hadn't been. Affected, destroyed, destroyed, hadn't been gentrified, hadn't yes. been given the the hems treatment. Hasn't to be been given the. It's not. You know what it is? It's neither a modern bar or or neither a, a, a trendy dive bar. Now mm. it's just an old pub. It was an old pub. And we basically had it to ourselves the whole day. We did. Yeah. Um, do you remember the guy? The guy in the cap with the Doberman. Remember when he walked in? Yeah, I did. I did. He just kept disappearing all the time. He did. Yes. When they sit down next to you, apparently that means they like you. Yeah. Like and the, the dog. dog. Yes. Yeah. The dog kept <laughs> no jumping. But, but the next day after I did the footy show, which was a bit hard with jet yeah. lag and after the the, the session, um, I saw that guy outside the same pub. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. My God. So Isn't beware it? of the man with the Doberman 
in the um, pub. Webby, before we continue, mate, and share this with it, I believe, look, look, if you're not <clears throat> drifter um, update <laughs> now, uh, of course, Webby, you've been attacked by drifters before, but this week, something far more sinister. You were oh. uh, basically abused by a clown in the city. Okay. Now, I've, like, I live in the cross. I've been there for about five or six years. So you deal with a lot of people begging for money. It's quite sad. I always give them change if I've got it. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah people, unless, change. Give them change. <laughs> no notes. Um, but this was weird. So I was walking into the city on Wednesday, and there was an old guy dressed in a full clown suit, including oh. including the face paint. Buzz, buzz, buzz. It wasn't buzz. buzz. It wasn't buzz, buzz. buzz. be better. And it was, <laughs> And it, it was a, it was a bit scary, and a scowl on his face, and he just held out his hat and went, "Clown!" Oh, mate, you come on, Asking mate, for money, make an effort. That's one of the most chilling movies. That it, it, it is. It oh, is. mate, that's when the kids but, looking down the drain. And... But I was on the phone to Andrew Abdo at the time, so I couldn't really. And he said, "What's happening there?" And I was like, I'm, I'm, Andrew, I, I, I don't know how to explain that. Andrew, what's taking place, <laughs> mate? Um. Joey, before we get into the game last night, final round, it's always tricky. It's tricky because now for these sides that are in there, because basically they're almost landlocked into position. It just really matters who get the, the home semi final, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd rest players for sure. People are jumping up and down about players being rested, but nearly every player at the moment would be, would be carrying some sort of niggle. Mm. And having that week off just is, especially now, the sun's out, guns out. Guns out. Rejuvenate, yeah. put the batteries do you, in. Do you agree? The AFL have a week off. They no. have a week off before. I don't agree with that. No, I don't, I don't either. It holds momentum. But I'm okay with I think people are sort of blowing up about Penrith. Mate, I think it, you manage your roster who however you have to to Go, win they the win comp. The, they yeah. win the comp. Yeah. Does anyone remember? Around no. 25. Well, not even that, Joey. If you're the minor premiers, you get to – you dictate your own terms. You do whatever you want. Because people get there and go, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's affecting the other sides. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you you're the minor like premiers. Yeah. You do what you want. You sound like Oprah. <laughs> you do what you want, uh, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> own your truth. You own your truth, okay? You own your truth, Panthers. Oh, I'll tell you what. Hasn't it been a big week for Megan Markle again? Oh. God, she can get a bad headline, can't oh, she? Oh, mate. Fair income. It's unbelievable. Oh, mouth. Let's not go up to... Uh, oh, mate. Well, anyway. Stop talking rubbish. Uh, yeah. um, last night, Parramatta 22-14 over the Melbourne Storm. I reckon the scoreline not really indicative of Parramatta's dominance, although it ended up three tries all. Sort of hard to believe when you look back on the game, isn't it? Well, the first half, at halftime, 8-0, and Eels had 59% of possession and all the field position, which usually equates to three tries, mm. something like that, two, three tries. They should have been up by 14, 18 points. I thought the Melbourne Storm last night, mm. really gritty, as usual, defensively. I thought they played really well. I thought if Mel, when it was 8-0, I thought if they pinched a try and made Parramatta nervous. When when Parramatta got to 14-0, you could see that they relaxed and played. Yeah. Oh, I still felt like Melbourne, because it's Melbourne, were going to possibly grind their way back into it. But when Gutherson threw that that pass, that was, it hit Sivo on the chest. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing well, Parramatta. Yeah, yeah they're playing some good Fully players. fit, got the momentum. I think that... I'd, well, exclusively wrote in the Sydney Morning Herald, mm. award-winning, that I think they'll play Penrith in the grand final. Wouldn't that be wow. good? All Western <coughs> Sydney. That. So, so, just trying to work out. There's a few things to to shift around, but it's interesting. First, so first, it's been a long time since that's happened. First week of the finals, one rebounds and comes back. That the last time I think that happened was 1999. First week of the finals, 
uh, St George Illawarra belted Melbourne in Melbourne, hence the backflips and the cartwheels. Mm. And then Melbourne went back, come around the Cape of Good Hope, went back and played them in the grand final and beat them. Didn't Penrith get beat first round of the semis last yeah. year? Mm-hmm. Did they? Yeah. And didn't didn't the Tigers South. lose to Cows in that first week in Oakland? Okay, let me oh, – sorry, I'll just correct myself a little bit there. Guys, listen, I'm the host of the show. If I say <laughs> something, just go with me. <laughs> but, you're, but, yeah, but, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, month ago, the Eels – uh, there was a lot of talk four or five weeks ago going, hey, Eels, they could be in danger of missing the eight, just given the nature of their run-in mm. and the sort of football they were playing at the time. But that run-in's been the making of them, hasn't it? Man, their, their team is so well-balanced. Junior Barlo and uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard up front, they're back rowers. Did you see, did you see Sean Lane? He's I interviewed him before the game. I know, he's very big. I look like Dickie Knee. <laughs> he's huge. <laughs> and then the other side, Papali. Happily, Isaiah yeah, Pitt, very good right. player. And I've got to say, Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown, the way they're playing. So you, yeah. you said last night on the core for nine that you reckon this is the best three weeks of his career, yeah, basically. without a doubt. Yeah. And his I kicking reckon, game, his control, when yeah. to run, his well, decision to pass, when to kick, when to... Bone-rattling tackles on Kenny Bromwich. Well, I think no, that I think that moment, a, that was a big moment. I think there's a few blokes, I think, that are playing the best football of their career. Lane, no doubt, best football. Moses, best football. Uh, Dylan Brown... Found his formula, mm. run the football, that big left foot step, best of his career. Gutho hasn't been, never played better. Junior, I don't think, has, hasn't played better. His work rate. And Regan Campbell Gillard, without doubt, even when he was picked for Australia and on fire with the Panthers, he's playing better now than he yeah. was then. I think he played the first 50 minutes last night. Yeah. I think t- combined, they ran for over 400 metres, him and Junior. Mm. There you go. I'm stats are people, are That's people, what I do. Are we daring to dream about Parramatta? Mm. <laughs> You know, so you know when you talked before about them playing Penrith. Like I remember talking to Bennett last year about South playing playing Penrith. He thought, you know, we could beat them once, but beating them twice in the space of a month is a different story. Is that? No, they've got a style of footy which worries Penrith. Obviously, look at the results, the way they've played this year. They've been in twice. I know Nathan got sent off in the second one. Mm. They're the first team in twenty odd, twenty three, twenty four games to beat Penrith at Penrith. Penrith were full strength that night because it's really, they move the ball, they offload the ball, they're unpredictable. Yeah, It's interesting, the narrative around, if we look back in hindsight, right, and they're beaten, and we, this is the argument here all the time, I heard a fair bit of it last year, is one versus four, and you're playing against a Penrith side first up who have been rested, mm. super fresh, Nathan comes back into the side. It's one of those ones where you get there and, yeah, you know, it's mate. Look, I'm not saying that it's better to f- finish, yeah, you know, fifth or sixth, but you know they're going to have to be really good. You can imagine, mate, Penrith will be sky high. I, I, so Nathan was on the footy show last mm. uh, Sunday, and I I spoke to him after he appeared on the panel, and I hadn't seen him since since I'd come back or spoken to him since I'd come back from overseas. And I said, and he just looked so refreshed. Mm. And he he said, if there was any time to get a suspension like that. This was the time of year, and I reckon post-Origin, no after doubt. losing the series, he just seemed really calm. Yes, he said, off-camera, off he said, oh, it bur- it's been oh. burning me for four weeks. Well, that sounds like it was off the record, guys, so you've really given him up there. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> well, then, well, then he bagged the coach, which I thought was a bit... <laughs> <laughs> and he reckons that Tyson Gamble's actually yeah. coaching the side. <laughs> uh, what about that, mate? That's a bit different. Fair dinkum, isn't that? Just... But I will say this, right, and you know, we don't go into that today, but... Uh, the Tyson Gamble thing, a lot been made of it. 
in, in the sides, Joey, that we played in, like if I put it this way, if I'm a coach, I want my players to actually be going to the halfback and ask him questions. Mm. The coach talks to the halfback. The, co- the halfback takes it onto the field. And so the reason why Kevy got Adam Reynolds there was for that sort of stuff and that sort of leadership. The problem with Tyson, he just didn't word it right. And I That's think it. that yeah. was it. it. It was a bad choice. I don't choice think it was word. that that bad. No, nah. I'd heard about it before I actually listened to it. Yeah. It wasn't that terrible. Be I'm... careful of the podcasts. Oh, they relax, yeah, and they just think they're in a pub chatting to their mates. Oh, it goes yeah. out. That's it. Did Brandon get? Did he yes. say something yeah. out? Oh right? yes, yes, when he signed with the Roosters. But it's it's one of those ones where you just go like the 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 one that where you go, you know, you want back is where he said, oh, because, you know, it's a totally different era, you know, compared to now and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But mm. look, you know where he's, you know where he was coming from. And as I said before, Kevy's ego is not that big that he's going to say, oh, mate, I'm really cut up about that, you know, that he, I'm not getting all the credit, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, do you think, do you think players haven't thought the same thing of Bennett over the years? Well, that's right. That's part of it. Yeah. Mate, the, the coaches who haven't got leaders, they're the ones who have to overcoach. Mm. You, know, you want, you want. That's what you want in your side. You want leaders who can self-correct the team. Mm. Anyway, that's my opinion. Mm, well uh, said. Later so far, so week one, Parramatta versus Penrith. Then we got uh, Cronulla versus North Queensland. It just depends where. That's a big one because you, you know to go to North Queensland and play them up there. That's that, that's a uh, that's a big game. When do they play Penrith? They play Saturday night. Because you have to name your 19, 24 hours before they go on the field. Mm. So whether it'll be too late for Craig Fitzgibbon to rest players. So I don't two o'clock game. Joey, I don't, I don't, I don't think uh, – would he – no, but I think if they lose that game against North Queensland, they've got to play North Queensland, North Queensland. Mm. Yeah, but the Cowboys are playing Penrith with everyone out. That's what I'm saying. So they're going to win anyway. They're going to win anyway. So if the points differential, if the points differential is, you know, say it's a hundred points, I don't know what it is. Where's Mido? When I know, I know. Cowboys, Cowboys have a greater points differential. But 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 so if sharks, if sharks are two points clear though. Yeah, but if sharks lose and Cowboys win, yeah, that's right. You'll flip. You'll go to Townsville. I'd rather play at Shark Park if I was a shark. But they're not going to let them play it. Shark Park. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yeah, they, oh, are. they are. Good, yeah. they are. good to good, see you across it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we go, what do they do with you blokes? Yeah, that's well, there's a flow after mate. dark there next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, isn't there? There's, yeah. yoga. You're doing, there's yoga Yoga on the field. Raise money for Nathan Stapleton, mm-hmm. who had that horrific injury. Are you going to go there and do some yoga on the yeah. Shark Park? Yeah. Are you really? It's going to rain too. I can't wait. It's hey, raining it's men. I'm going to be singing that while yeah. I'm doing it. Downward dog in the rain. Is that thing in Sweden? It's raining Sven. Uh, don't we go? I just made that up. Uh, guys, that's the sort of stuff we can do today. Then you've got Melbourne, Hallelujah. who are either going to play the Broncos or the Raiders and the Roosters or the Rabbits. Big game tonight. But And people go, oh, yeah, it's not to play for Mate, there's a big difference is that the home ground advantage, you know, Roosters won't want to go out to uh, out the home bush and play that game. Oh, that, sorry, that call. What is do you think that matters? What's Isn't that care going to a call? But I find this really weird, though. So the so the Rabbitohs tonight want to win so they get home ground advantage to play at Acor where they don't want to be because they want to play at Allianz from next season. Yeah, figure that, that out. Warp, that, that warps your mind a bit. Mm. Surely they, 
they play at uh, Moore Park Alliance. You think South. they would? But I, I, I tell you what, it'll be a, it'll be a good. It's going to be a good test for the Rabbitohs management if they do end up winning and they do have the home ground advantage. And you can you can imagine venues New South Wales and and the risk going. Well, come on, you want to play here? Here's yeah. your chance. Come Mate, and play us in our backyard. Isn't isn't that a great story with Nick going? No, no. Mate, this is ours. Nick, Go has, away. Nick has been That's... at his anti-South best this week. <laughs> oh. I think it's magnificent. Did I tell you my Nick story I did a few weeks ago? Where we went, I went to North Sydney Oval and he and Robbo were at the game. Mm. So I went there with Daniel Anderson and this old bloke who was like, honestly, his eyeballs were floating. He had that much grog in him. And you know those old days? He came and he actually sat straight in front of Nick while Nick's trying to watch the game. Hello, my name's Terry Robinson. I tell you what, Matty, I support the Manly Seagulls and my my missus, she supports the Roosters. Unbelievable. Anyway, what are you doing, are you? And he's, anyway, and he looks at Nick and goes, and who's this bloke? I said, this is Peter Volandis. <laughs> oh, bloody hell, you're doing a bloody good job, Peter. Unbelievable, mate. Well done to you. Oh, oh yeah. What did Nick do? Oh, mate, he was... Um, but wait, this, this is funny. Then Trish walks up the stand. I said, oh, Trish, this is Nick, Nick Politis. And Trish, underneath the seat, Trish goes, oh, is that your $50, Nick? And he went, oh, yeah, it is. I said, oh, you do shit money. <laughs> 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 well, we'll take a break. Now, after the break, uh, I wrote about this week is, mate, the Sydney Football Stadium, the memories of the old SFS. We're going to go uh, right through our favourite memories. Yes, brought to you by Mate Internet and Mobile. 5G mobile plans in every territory or state. Why wait? Make the switch to Mate. See what I did there? Uh, now, boys, time for John's on Friday. I've written about today. Tonight, the all-new Allianz Stadium. The era begins. Uh, boys, I, I usually watch rugby league just almost exclusively on the couch these days. But I, I must say, Webby, I can't wait for tonight. Just to once again see the whole Moore Park precinct. Pumping like the old days. Well, there's a lot of controversy, as Rabs would say, about whether this stadium should be built. It was on again, off again, on again, again. And it finally has been built. But I haven't been there, but everyone who has been there, and I think, Andrew, you're one of them, they reckon it's sensational. I was there yes- yesterday. It is, without doubt, one of the best stadiums I've been in. Mm. Literally, I know it's a cliche, not a bad seat in the house. It, it looks Unbelievable. It's like those uh, English stadiums, the soccer stadiums, Anfield, uh, yeah, Old Trafford. Steep. That's how it feels, like one of those. Um, what about the? We'll talk about some of the old memories at Sydney Football Stadium and, and those weekends. And when I think about the old SFS and the the pr- Moor Park precinct pumping, not so much grand final days, but as like the semi final weekends. Remember how good they were yes. in the like the late eighties, early nineties, where. Minor semi-final on the Saturday, major semi-final on the Sunday, and the whole city was pumping. People coming all over Australia and country, New South Wales. It was just – it was better than grand final week. It was sensational. Unless your team lost. Mm. I remember sitting in the rain there when Canterbury beat the Dragons. That was great. Oh, that, that, was, that, that, day was, that was a lot of fun. Gordy played, scored a try Yeah, that day. real yeah. fun. Yeah, real mm. fun. Either grand final – no, it was no. A, it was a, no. it was a, it was a it was a, a finals match. Ninety four. Yeah, and yeah. we I'd driven down from Newcastle with my old man, and we got on the on the schooners the night before. We got halfway there, and I said, "Dad, you're gonna have to turn around because I left the, the tickets at home." Oh. We went all the way back. It was sideways rain. Got there, sat two rows from the front. The, the Canterbury scored the match-winning try right in the corner in front of us. Great oh, day, man. 
up there. I went to the Guns N' Roses concert with Trish. I was so excited to go in. And I handed blokes the tickets on the Friday. And he goes, Matty, this Saturday tickets. <laughs> he let you in? Yeah, he ended up doing it because I'm Matty Johns. But it uh, must be. It must, be <laughs> <laughs> it must have uh, because of the... Because the great moment where, you, where the Knights won the, their first premiership. I, my best memories are the watching Canberra and Brisbane at, at the early 90s. Oh, the, yeah. The mm. super teams. Playing in the day, not at night. Mm. The ball just whizzing sideline to sideline watching those great teams. Shows you how brilliant those Canberra sides were. Like that, that game, I, I was at 1990, we went down um, and... It was just a sense that Canberra versus Brisbane. It's a great shame those two superpowers never played in a grand final against each other. And uh, mm. seeing the major semi-final, and I went down to where the warm-up area. I remember going down there watching the Raiders because I'm mesmerising the, the the Raiders. They're you know big and they were so skillful. And I remember just watching Ricky. And Ricky, at that point, the torpedo bomb was sort of just in. And the only blokes who were even attempting it were Andrew Walker and Ricky. But standing there watching Ricky do these torpedo bombs, and they were absolutely, everyone was like a, like a piece of art. He just went off the boot perfect, and you could hear the fizz of the ball. It, it was incredible. Every single one, it was like it was spat out of a machine. Wow. And then walked into the stadium, and you go, okay, so... Yeah, you know, the Broncos are star-studded, the Raiders are star-studded, and the Raiders beat them 36-4 and just absolutely pound them. The week before was the great game with Canberra versus Penrith. And, of course, it went into overtime. Penrith beat them in overtime. Incredible game. Beat them in overtime. It was 12 all at full time. Overtime, they win 30-12. And the, the story in that game is I remember went full-time blue and Penrith, the fans and the team just explode celebrations and the story was they went into the dressing room and they're singing the song going crazy and they looked in the corner and Royce had his head in his hands and they're like what and he went we're going off early and as and it, they did and they did they did they, yeah. did. they, they got on the drink through the week do you know the yeah, story I do the Gus walks yeah. in and <coughs> grand final the, breakfast grand final breakfast they're all on the drink <coughs> Gus hears noises goes in there they're all hiding behind the curtains <laughs> and he just goes hey boys just letting you know you've just lost the grand final and mm. then they won it the following year they that did. was my first game of football in Sydney that I ever watched was it yeah oh, crying oh, too yeah, it was so good. <laughs> what, what and it was that? also remember that was 91 was the year the Penrith one it was also the year remember the great origin where oh. Michael O'Connor kicked the sideline yes. conversion in the rain. That was in the rain, too. And that was... You look back at those games, and I, I know you look it's through epic. rose-coloured glasses with nostalgia, but all of those games at that point seemed epic, if you know what they I mean. They did. Like, they yeah. did. They did. Well, I think when you watch – when I watch those games, when they show them on Fox now and you watch – and they, they draw you in. You can't – you start watching, you can't stop mm. watching. It's oh. like – but how open was it? And how how much dirtier was it? <laughs> and and do you know what? There was no, there were no set formations. Right. Like it was like you see Meninga sweeping together with the centres and things like that, and it was literally push the ball through the hands. It wasn't the game. There was no wrestling, so the pace was up, and you you couldn't fall into formation so much. But I remember the Saturday because we went down there in nineteen ninety under nineteen strip away. Robbie Tew, the great Robbie Tew, took us down, and on the Saturday we went out on the Friday night. Arrive on the Saturday. And the first, it's Manly versus Broncos. And if you remember that year, 1990, it was an awful year for Wally Lewis. So start of the year, Bennett, um, Wayne Bennett, not Darren Bennett, the kicker for San Diego Chargers. Uh, Wayne, he strips Wally 
of the captaincy and gives it to Gene Miles, which caused talking to Gene Miles about it recently. He was on the show. He said it caused a big rift between real dramas between him and Wally. And then round 13 against the Dragons, Wally breaks his arm. And they said, well, he's done for the season. And that was his Wally's, that was his comeback game. They put Wayne put Wally on the bench, right? And he wasn't expected to play. But then they're, they're leading 12-4 with about three minutes to go. And they suddenly hear this roar in the stadium. And as you know, Wally's had a problematic relationship with Sydney. Mm. He even got booed when he was the captain at the SCG. Mm. And I remember it was just a roar. And people were like chanting his name. It was like, you know, like rugby league fans have a sense that when a bloke's been down on his luck. Yeah. And the cra- they were chanting his name. And I remember what standing, watching him on the sideline and you go, mate, Elvis is in the building. <laughs> It was, was just one of those moments. That, what, but, what was it like to play there? It was the best. Oh, awesome. It was one of the rare stadiums when you walk out, you walk down. That's right, yeah. So you don't walk straight out. So you wouldn't see the crowd. And then as you yep. went down the tunnel, further you went down on this slant. Then you start seeing the crowd and then the noise would just hit you. And that iconic David Williams's musical score, The Olympic Spirit, they used to play that at the stadium for all the big games when you walked onto the field. And it was like you, when you watched it as a teenager, you get there and as they're walking on the field, you're going, oh, my, it's got a gladiator feel. And then first semi-final we played there, Joey, we played the Sharks in 1995. And we're sitting there and the, we're at the dressing room all huddled and the, the iconic grand, ground manager, Eric Cox, Eric used to come in and just go, come on, Newcastle, you're not going to win it in there. And I remember ah. that's what he used to do every time. And I remember walking out and we're standing in the tunnel with the sharks. And as we start walking down, that music's playing. And they're going, man, it's a it's a great musical score. Daryl yeah. Halligan, the kick from the sideline. That was right. Daryl in ninety against Para. Yeah. Against Para, yeah. And Daryl two. What in was the last behind 10 that minutes. kick was ninety one when we kicked one from five. Yeah, yeah, that, North Sydney. North Sydney. And, mate, missing them. 35 metres straight in front. And that's where he changed all his philosophy, didn't one, he, with Joey with his there kicking? Was, there was one of those semis when Benji lit it up, maybe against the Dragons, when the Dragons had that really strong team of oh, Barrett yeah, and yeah, Rolls. And beat, them in, beat them at the semi a, there. And Benji just lit it up. It was up. a preliminary final. Yeah, it was. Because I had to go down and cover the Swans at the MCG, and I oh. remember, and I, so I missed the game, and I called my old man, and I said, how are we, how are we going? We're going to lose. I'm going to bed. There was that sense of inevitability in that game. Every time the but Tigers played, that was the year played, the Dragons should have won it. They, yeah, that that that, that, that was that, that, that was team the was year. Humming, yeah. Gaz and yeah, fire up. Yeah, Man, good times. Yeah. Rolls, yeah. Bailey, was it Timmons. Good. Mm, good times. Timmons never timid. Mm. <laughs> Ellery, <Shark> celery. <laughs> uh, right, uh, uh, the last one. What is this, brother? Right, uh, this one for you. I was going to write this, and I thought it was just uncouth, so I'll do it on this show. Um, <laughs> Remember they used to do the – Joey took part. You had the goal-kicking competition, yeah, didn't you? that's right. SG ball, the under-17s. You hit the upright three times. Hit the upright three times, yeah. Wow. Well, the one I went in, they used to hit the jersey flag relay. Right. The jersey you, yes, flag relay. They used what to a, pick, they used to pick field. the four fastest bloke in your jersey flag side, mm. and yet there was, like, different heats. So we go there. We're on the source on the Friday night. And then I'm sitting watching the – 21s in the reserve grade with Robbie Chew. Anyway, word comes through, mate, one of the players, one of the speedsters, has, mate, hurt his leg warming up. 
So Chewie's going, mate, someone's got to, someone's got to fill in. And everyone's going, nah, nah, nah. And he goes, Matty, you're the captain. You've got to take one for the team, Skipper. So I had to go out there, right? Put, I had shorts two sizes too small, boots two sizes too big, and took place in the relay with basically just a belly full of beer. And, oh, and we're, mate, and like, I'm, I'm mate, I'm, it's like I was running in sand. And so they, we said, how are we going to do this? And we had three blokes who were lightning. And they said, well, you run last. And what we'll do is we'll get a big enough lead that you can sort of cruise home, dawdle home. So, yeah, yes, that sounds good. So I, they, they throw me the pass, and I'm literally 15 metres ahead, and I'm sort of glancing up at the big screen, and I'm seeing these blokes just mowing me down. You know when you're having a bet on a horse, and like, so like the old man goes, mate, get in the queue, we're home, Uh-oh. and you just go, oh, no. no. And these blokes, I, basically I was slowing down, and the beer started going up, and uh, oh, do you have an up and under? Yeah, and I, I ran up. I ran well out of the finishing line. I come fifth, went straight up the race, straight out the back, and had a uh, <laughs> thunder from down under. Oh, lovely! Anyway, yeah, that's why I didn't that's ride. Vintage about. rugby league. Hey, that's vintage rugby league. Yes, it is rugby league. Uh, we'll take a break after the break. If you think that's uncouth, we'll find out what's up Joey's nose. <laughs> There it is, boys. There you go. Spirit of the Olympics. Is that John Williams? Nah, it's David Williams. David. Not the wolf man. He was a good man. Right out. John Williams. Right out, Maestro. Wolf man, I can't keep up. Here we go. It's time to find out. Uh, fi- we're ready to go. Sorry, mate. To find- <laughs> we're going from one musical score to another. We're going from John David Williams to Ian Jury in the Blockheads. What's up, Joey's Nose? Sex and drugs and rock and roll is all my brain and body need. What's happening, bro? Now, I've got a few things today, and they're very uncouth, one of them. The first one is spring. Spring's really starting to piss me off because the birds are that horny, and all I can hear in the mornings are them chirping and other animals oh, running sorry, around. Oh, sorry, the you're talking about animals. Okay, no worries. <laughs> Freddie was telling me next door to him, his new farm, there's about 10 peacocks, and he reckons the noise and the carry-on with their flaring their tails, he reckons they're the horniest creature on earth. Well, I'll Ooh. take it a task on that. Um, yeah. What is? Uh, that is a good That's question. That's a good question. What, Get in touch and with actually, us. I actually asked Billy Slater because he's got the horses that breed. Oh, he said, oh, yeah. mate, some of the noise is stains, mate, and the biting, they carry on, they bite. Another thing is, you know, he got lets his kids watch when the. <laughs> what are they doing? Wrestling. Another thing, which I don't, it's not really pissing me off, but where do flies go in winter? Starting to heat up now, and the flies are back. I don't know where, where do they great, go. That is a great question. Would, that is, I would, I would, I would, say, they, I would say they pass away. Do you reckon they're they only, do? It's like, mosqui- six, it's like mosquitoes. Well, in they heat. live for six months. Yeah. Mosquitoes oh, in heat, though. That's why mosquitoes come out in the heat, the Jesus. warmth. When I get reincarnated, I don't want to be a fly. There, there, aren't, many, like come back as a there aren't many insects in uh, the Arctic regions. They like the heat. Yeah, no, but where do they go? Do they just die when it gets cold? They fall out of the sky on the ground. How long and, does a polar bear live for? A long time. Okay. And one more thing, which is quite uncouth. Why do your own farts smell so good? Oh, and everyone it, else hates what? the smell of them. Nothing this, better is, get, this is really what's up, Joey's nose. Yeah. There's nothing better get in your car on your own. Yeah. Just oh, let one rip. I'll oh. debate that. 
Mate, I tell you, it's like your own BO. When you do a hard training session, you just go, oh, yeah, smell like a man. <laughs> the, only thing that you, the only thing that you don't get a sense of and then you finally get a whiff of it sometimes is when you don't clean your choppers in the morning and you put the face mask on and you Ooh, actually get yeah. it. You, you get That's it. piss breath. Oh, mate. I'm so paranoid about having bad breath. Oh, I used to sit next to a couple of blokes on the sideline when I worked at nine. I was coppered in stereo. <laughs> what, what do people do who have incurable bad breath? Become dentists. Become dentists. Do they? I've never met a dentist with yeah. fresh breath. Remember our bloke, breath. Remember our bloke at uh, the Newcastle Knights? One would. He was real, yeah, he was a real cool guy. And when he was fitting you, I remember one day he was giving, uh, giving me fillings on my mouth. He had my mouth pried open. And he was singing Billy Jean into my open mouth. <laughs> I said, singing. Yes. Oh, um, yeah, so three things today. Spring, mm. animals on the, uh, on the job, flies, and the farts in your car. If you had to be an animal, I'll start with you, Ben. Which, like, which would you be? What is it, be? spirit animal? Is that what people call it? Yeah, they call it a spirit animal. I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore. What spirit animal? Apparently. Why is that? Why oh, somewhere because uh, yeah, it's an Indi- ancient Indian term. Uh, yeah, oh, God. I've read about this. God. Jeez, I tell you what, it's. It's. I think. Yeah, I think you've got to be careful every, how you use it. Landmines everywhere these days. It's a rich it? tapestry. I'd like to be a peacock. I want to <laughs> be. I want to be a stallion. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great life that would be. Webby, give yourself a wrap. You oh, are a stallion. Oh, sorry. What about you, Maestro? I mean, another stallion. I was going to go down that route. Be a two-year-old. Oh, hang on, wins, mate. Steady on. Two-year-old <laughs> that wins a big race and then yeah. just oh, off in yes. the breeding barn. Yeah. Yeah. But, but mate, it sounds good. But they're knocking three out a day mm. for about what three months. That's a lot of work. Not seeing any of the cash either. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'd rather lie in the lounge and watch a movie. Yeah, right. Uh, what about you, uh, Ben? Isn't it, isn't it a dolphin? For pleasure. Mm. The only other yeah. animal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so what, you exactly. Okay. what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Dolphins, dolphins, dolphins have, sex, have pleasure. sex for pleasure. They reckon when Flipper made it, they reckon he was just out and about <laughs> chasing all the time. Old, old, old. Hence the name Flipper. Old Webby um, the Stallion is, you're not doing no, anything no, for no, pleasure, no, mate. No, That's no, a job. No wonder Wayne Bennett went there. <laughs> you know that show, Flipper? How many, how many Flippers that reckon they went through? Like, this is the years before. Oh, good question. <laughs> because the other one, what, what was the kangaroo? Skippy? Skippy. You know, we used to scratch. Yeah. I heard. Oh, yeah. I remember they used to put ants in its pouch. Jeez, you'd bloody hope not. And uh, uh, talking about Flipper, <laughs> and I believe that we've got him on the line. Flipper, how are you? <laughs> there it is. Just lack oh. of timing there, my stroke. Just a uh, <laughs> just a question there. Okay, how do they know? The dolphins have sex for pleasure. Like, seriously. How do they work that out? I mean, was it Dr. Doolittle? I mean, who who talks to animals? How do they work this stuff out? Ben, can you help uh, me? I, Is it the brain I, you know what? I will research that and I'll come back to you. It's just right. like I'll the, come back to you. We'll imagine, have, imagine being the marine biologist there underwater when watching do- dolphins on the job. go out. Yeah. yeah. So, see, so, what about, like, okay, so you're telling me dogs don't make love. See what I did there? Yeah. For pleasure. Like, so why do they do it? And how they do they can? get their tails stuck up each other's? <laughs> I've seen that one day out the front. You've of seen the... that? They get their tails stuck stuck in at... each other's butt. Oh no! At the... I saw it one day at the front of the Royal Oak. I, ra- <laughs> I ran home to get a camera, and they bar- insensitive bastards had unlocked themselves. So you know, it was... <laughs> there is a they scientists do know why dolphins have sex for pleasure, but I don't want to read it out on air. 
Yeah. Just... You could say you could say due to their large uh, oh, sexual organs. Jesus Christ! What dolphins are well endowed? Uh, not the not the male variety, yeah. but the female variety is well endowed. Mm. I can't I work this out. Yeah. Anyway, remember? Anyway, <laughs> I'm just thinking about Danny Dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> We'll take a break. <laughs> what are After our break, we'll talk about Rugby Australia. Going to poach all our players. Yeah, brought to you by Master Builders, New South Wales Upskill with a Master Builders qualification. And boys, this week, Rugby Australia have come out and drew up a hit list of NRL players they uh, wish to target for the, uh, for the Wallabies. Um, they include people such as Latrell Mitchell, Tom Travojevic, Sam Walker, Pat Carrigan, Angus Crichton, Cam Murray, and of course... Uh, Joseph Swali'i. Um, guys, that doesn't seem far-fetched to me. I mean, fair dinkum. Like, they need some... Well, this happened uh, around... Remember 20 years ago, and yes. Andrew, you would know this better than anyone. Mm. Like, so Eddie Jones went after league talent. He got Wendell, he got Rogers, he got Lottie, but he didn't land the biggest fish of all. Well, the thing about it Matthew is... Matthew Johns. Yes, true. Um, I mean, they even made a million off it there once, the New South Wales Waratahs. Did they really? Mate, Yes. I was, I, I mean, even I was surprised. Talk about desperation. Yeah, there was desperation. <laughs> how, close, lowest end. how close did you go to going? I was going to sign. You were going to sign? Yeah. And what stopped it? They stopped it. They pulled they? it. Yeah. yeah. They pulled the contract. For mm. what reason? Well, coming off a knee reconstruction, but there's different theories, off-field behaviour. Mm. Was it was the money around $2 million a year as no. reported for no. Joseph? How much they offer you? Uh, I don't want to say, but it was more. Say it, didn't it, it take was it. it was probably double from what I signed at the Knights. Okay, so three point two. Interesting. So I had a meeting with uh, Eddie Jones and a couple of officials at John Fordham's house, mm-hmm. the, the late manager. And by the end of the meeting, Eddie was asking me about how I'd see playing ten in rugby. And, and during the early two thousands, that's when rugby was. It was flying. The Super Fifth, the late nineties, Super Twelves. Yeah, uh, middle middle nineties and late nineties. Yeah. It was flying. So talking about, and used to watch all the time because you used yep. to have that early oh. game before Friday night footies. Yes, it was the New Carlos Zealand Spence. game. So was, was, was it oh one? You spoke to him? No, no, oh four. Right. So anyway, just talking to Eddie, blah 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 about. Mate, by the end of it, he's he's that that eyebrow which lifts. It was on the top of his head. And then I got an idiot over here saying, who's there? And I was saying, oh, this bloke, this bloke. He's going, well, that bloke, his name's Slippery because he's addicted to... Who's that? I Anyway, yeah, part of the story. No, but I was going to sign and then they pulled the contract. Right. Um, well, be, there's, mm. a, there's an element of going, like, you know, with, with young Joseph. They're talking two million a year for five years. Look, I can only imagine how... Like some of the current wallabies must feel, and, and the other question is, mate, have they not learnt their lesson? They're saying, "Oh, mate, our coffers are going to be full, and we're going to do this." Well, that's the quickest way to spend it all again. Yeah, they're spending it's, it before it's it like happens. They're looking to repeat history. I, I feel like so they've got a very um, aggressive chairman in Hamish McClellan who doesn't mind. And, and you know what, and props to him. He doesn't mind coming out and having a bit of a crack publicly and trying to give Rugby Union a bit more of a, a voice um, because yep. it's sort of fallen away so much in the last few years. So good on him for having a crack. But I would be surprised if any of these players, yes, including uh, Lee, yeah. um, would decided to, to go. Oh. Um, 
the the uh, the interesting thing is though, the pl- the position that the Wallabies need have no depth in is n- in the halves. They have no number ten. Mm. Right, there's it's none. Like they're talking about getting yeah. There's, yeah, there's none. Any okay, that's a problem. Yeah. So I think that's their real problem, and there and that's a position that you like unless you're someone like yeah. Joey or or you're a really talented half. That or that's that's a position you just can't. You can't convert. Well, the game easily. revolves around inside centre, mm. which where Sonny went, and mm. Sonny changed the way the All Blacks played. But revolves around inside centre and ten. Ten pretty yeah. much controls everything: when to pass, when to kick. I think that's one of the, is, one of our problems is you know, they're getting into it. But back in the day, when that Randwick rugby, when you watch it, and the inside centre, that point of attack was one pass wider. Now they've it's too much. They, they've taken a leaf out of rugby blue book. And they're going, the absolute pass is coming off the 10 all the time. Mate, mm. they're standing on top of hey, it. The problem was they recruited rugby league defensive coaches yes. who taught them how to tackle but also taught them defensive patterns. Yeah. And there's no room. There's no like, room. They're, they're three or four metres apart. And they can't change the rules because Northern Hemisphere. Northern Hemisphere, and the game's going good there. And But the thing about it is, on top of like I understand they're saying, you know, it's a world sport. And that, right, I absolutely get that. But as far as Australia's concerned, Webby, if you sign there at the moment, mate, you disappear. Hundred percent. You don't know what you don't know what your future's going to look like. Well, the big one you mentioned, Suwali'i. Yep. He uh, where would he play? I'd say there's he play, him mate, as he plays, plays on the wing. He doesn't get the ball. Mm. Yeah. They're Unless looking, you're at, they're looking to play him fullback. That's what they're saying. So I, I, I think he's too settled at the Roosters, to be honest. Mate, mate. Nick won't. I think him. a lot of this is just paper talk. Yeah, is Nick, Nick going to let him, him go? go? No. No, there you go. So he's going nowhere. <laughs> uh, we'll take a uh, – they, they're keen on Woodsy too. Give him Woodsy. <laughs> there Woods. Woods. Yeah, 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 he's going to play play after him. We'll take a break. Rev it up next. Yes, people, and it is time for Rev it up. Yes, Harley Heaven. Test drive one today at Harley Davidson. Harley Heaven, Blacktown and Tempe. Hello to the people out there. Haven't been to the Blacktown uh, store, but went to uh, Tempe. Great people out there. Great showroom. Uh, people, tell you what, they keep revving it up for this one. Much was made of Liverpool's 9-0 annihilation of Bournemouth. They were, they were quite incredible. But it, I tell you what, uh, less headlines have been written about Ange Postecoglou's Celtic. They beat Dundee United... 9-0 in Scotland. Celtic were absolutely incredible. They're calling it now. He's been so good over They're calling it Ange Ball. And in my opinion, mate, his reputation in Europe is so big now. I reckon within two years you'll see the Ange at a, a Man U or a really big club like an AC Milan. That's unbelievable, isn't, isn't it? Going what good? A, what a, what a, Where's uh, Ange from originally? Is he Melbourne? Uh, he's a Melbourneite. Yeah. Yeah, he is. It, uh, it'd be good to see. I've actually got no doubt... Um, the, mate, the team he has built there at Celtic, super impressive. Got a big Champions League campaign coming up. We wish them all the best. Take a break. Coming up, we have Movie of the Week. I'll tell you who's flying at the moment, boys. Joel and Kane and, uh, Joel Kane and uh, Fletch in the afternoons. Are they? Fletch is, mate, he's so good. Fletch. They're very funny. Very funny. Mate, Fletch is good going. Good content. Mate, he goes and sees the bosses at Fox Sports. They just keep giving him pay rise after pay rise. I heard he got a How big pay rise. Yeah. Anyone else in there getting pay rise? No, absolutely not. People ask for it, they don't get it. It's time for Webster. Never thought forever was the best I could do. Gordon, you got a pay rise as well. You know what? I'm going to ask Crawls for a pay rise. 
Yeah. <laughs> Even though you're not there, no, mate, he'll give it to you. Good. Uh, Webby, what are you talking about this week, brother? Well, I wrote, this is a bit of a funky story this week. Did you know it was the 25th? I thought you didn't say funky. I thought you said uh, a F-U story. No, no yeah. this is a strange story this week, a unique story. So were you aware that it was the 25th anniversary on Wednesday of Princess Diana's death? Yes. Mm. Mm. Anyway, so... On a different note. On a different note. Um, uh, I got contacted by a guy called Barry Maranta, who was one of the yes. founding fathers of the Brisbane Broncos, who at the time of her death was the owner and chairman of the London Broncos. They were due to play a final round match against Bradford, top of the table clash at the Stoop. Pack, uh, a sellout. There was 2,500 people from Bradford on trains coming down. The news breaks the Princess Diana had died. And um, all sport in the UK was called off. And Barry Maranta told me this incredible story about how a rugby league game defied um, the orders because of Richard Branson. So Richard Branson was on the board of the London Broncos. Yeah. He went he there. A, yeah, he went there a year earlier and went and, and and got dragged in by a couple of Australian employees to go and watch him. And he went like you know he was so. Anti-establishment. He loved the cheerleaders. He loved the, the music, the loud noise, and he said, "I want to be a part of this." So they call uh, Barry Moranta calls Richard Branson. Richard Branson calls. What do you love here? I got a story about Richard Branson. And, and then he calls. And then he calls. And then he calls Jack Straw, the Home Secretary. Was allowed to go ahead, but on the proviso that was no cheerleaders, no loud music, only yeah, right. the most basic grand announcement. <laughs> Richard Branson ends up. Um, ends up doing a eulogy at the start of the show, um, wow. at the start of the game, and that was the focus of the entire country because they were basically the first public words spoken about Princess Diana by someone who was close to her. Wow. So it was this oh, so amazing... Richard Branson was close to her. He was close yeah, to her, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah wow. But the funny thing is that he, he had demanded that Martin O'Fire play in the game. Tony Curry, the coach, was a bit reluctant because Martin O'Fire, great try scorer, yep. all that blinding speed, not so good defensively. Mm. Anyway, Martin O'Fire scores the match-winning try right at the end. Uh, wow. Richard Bansing tells everyone, I told you you should have picked him. And a week later, he buys the London Broncos outright. Yeah, he, uh, I remember he, when he owned him. I had a mate playing there at the time. Mm. And Richard Branson opened a big nightclub, so invited all the London Broncos. Certain Evan Cochran. Evan Cochran. So anyway, there's a there's like a pool area in the nightclub, and there's these flamingos doing what they do, dancing around in the pool. So this bloke, Evan, was telling everyone about Ronnie Gibbs, the way he used to charge people down and dive at their legs. So he got in the pool and was running and diving at the legs of the flamingos trying yeah. to charge. Fair to say doing the rainbow That's Ronnie a better story. So when, I, when I went over to sign with Wigan, me and Dave Fairley went over. He signed at St. Helens. I went to Wigan, but we went and stayed at um, Sniffer. What's his name? Uh, Tony Ray's place because he was CEO there at the time and he right. tried to get us to sign with the Broncos. And he goes, right, I'll take you for a – night out and took us to that nightclub, Richard Branson's nightclub. And, mate, it was it was an eye-opener. It was like one of those places you get there and you go, like, look nothing, but then you walk out inside and it just goes bang and How explodes. big was it? It's huge. And where was it? Uh, it was it was in the West End. Could you look London. at people there or you had to get consent to look at people? No, nah, no, it wasn't Club 77. I'll tell you who was there and I was chatting to a guy because, you know, like when Branson owns it, it was quite like, wasn't lots and lots of people in there. And I was chatting to a bloke, right? 
and just chatting away. Nice enough fella, just chatting away. He, I didn't know who he didn't know who I was. Anyway, I walked away, and Tony Ray goes, "Do you know Guy Ritchie?" And I said, "No." And he goes, "That was Guy Ritchie." And I asked the time. I said, "Who's Guy Ritchie?" I had no idea. It was like two thousand. Yeah, right. That's you when know, it and, kicked off. But he, Richard Branson, really. He championed the cause there. Very good to the players, very good to the club. In fact, when he sold the club, um, he actually give, gave the club about one half million pounds and said, is right? this is my gift to the club because I care about it ongoing. I think it's – so the Super Leagues, are, they're struggling a bit, aren't they? Yeah. I think financially. Yeah, they've, 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 they've brought in a uh, an independent they're, – they're looking to get a private equity company to come in on the competition – uh, the private private equity company at the moment is running the rule through the competition. It's created a bit of a a bit of drama over there because clubs are starting to go rogue. Like for instance, Huddersfield came out the other day and said, "Throw out all the French sides; they do nothing for the game." Mm. Huddersfield's owned by a billionaire. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which most of the league have come out and said that's ridiculous because you know. Um, the great history of rugby league in France. Catalan have been a success. Toulouse is They're going good this year, Catalan. And they're going, and they're going really good. They reckon been Mitchell. Uh, yeah, they're going to get Mitchell relegated. Mitchell Pierce is loving it over there. Why loving life. That's the club. That's the club. Yes. Living in the south of France must be terrible. It, it is. And the national animal is a poodle. Mm. Is it? Yeah. No. no. <laughs> when you go to Bayeritz, you've been to Bayeritz? No, I haven't. Now, I haven't. In Bayeritz, all around the city, there's l- these little conveyor belts. It's so that when the when the dogs uh, do a poo poo in the street, they pick up the bags. They put it in the bags and they put them on the conveyor belt and they go to a central place to get rid of it all. Wow, isn't that amazing? I've been to Vala, which is the south of Yurunga. Have you? Yeah, very similar. Very similar. Did Napoleon similar. build a place I, there for his wife? I, I think no. so. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, because I, the the competition felt like it was on the up with the Toronto Wolfpack. Yes, and they paid all that money for Sonny. David Argyle pulled the pin. I met David Argyle. Yeah. I guy. saw him at different, the... Different, different cat. Yes. It was, was that the Leeds get... versus... Was that the Leeds versus Melbourne? No, I met, I met him I met him when I, Buzz and I went over for the World Club Challenge. And we, on his and we, turf. And we were there on, on the Friday night in Warrington mm. to watch Warrington and uh, and Toronto. Mm. And and it was heaving. You guys know what it's like. You've played oh, there. Mm. Like, I mean, it's it's a, it's a great... App. Those little right. grounds have got... The year... The year really, that I was really there pumped. in two thousand one, mate, it was, it was some mate. That, those top five teams, mate, St Helens, like you know, got Paul Newlove, Iro, Kev, uh, Kieran Cunningham, Sean Long. It just went on and on and on. Mate, Bradford had this gun team. You had uh, mate Leeds had Alfie, Twer, Nickow, Kevy. Wow. Across the board, like the next year, like give you an idea how strong the competition was. The next year, Bradford. Played the Knights in the World Club Challenge and beat them by thirty points. Ben Kennedy didn't play. Steve Simpson beat them by thirty points. But but it's an example of mate. It was a it was some of the toughest football I played. A play a play Australian players going over there now. I should probably know the answer to this. Are they going over now for large amounts of money? No, No. not that they used to. No, no, it it was not the payday. It it was. It was. It was three to one. Like Hull had Jason Smith there. Like uh, Leeds had Brett Mullins, Bradley Clyde, and one of the other blokes. So everyone went at the time because the pound to the dollar, or the dollar to the pound, was about three and a half. And wow. you could you could do these tax things where you put the money in the Isle, the Isle yeah. of Man. It was fraught with danger. And though. when you'd when you'd fly back while you're in the air, they'd transfer it, no tax. Yeah, you can't do that now. Uh, Why was it fraught with danger? Because they wouldn't transfer it. 
I was fraught. Yeah, we all warned about it. We asked about it at Wigan, and Morris Lindsay said, "I don't recommend." It was good it. if you were earning twenty five thousand pound a game. That's what Alfie told me. All oh, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> what about your little stint at oh, Morris? Were you on twenty five thousand pound a no, game? I was on more. Oh, joking! Well, oh. <laughs> it, it, it was one of the best months of my footy career going over there and playing. Why? What was, so, what was so good about it? Well, you just said the atmosphere, the people, the fans, and the footy. The footy's so open and fun to play. It's, See, like, I, it's like the nineties. I always loved those da- old dour English towns. Yeah, I know. I've lived there forever, but something I, special about yeah. them. Like Wigan, at Wigan, we had uh, we had Andy Farrell, Dennis Betts, uh, Terry Newton, God bless his soul, um, Terry O'Connor. Harvey Howard was there. Chris Radlinski. We had Brett Dallas on a wing. Um, in the centres, we had Gary Conley. What a player he was. Steve Renoff. Me and uh, myself and um, Lamy in the halves. Back row, Dave Ferner. It was like, mate. It was, mate. It was a. It was a really, really strong competition. And St Helens were like that. They were a powerhouse at the time. And you know, like when you got Paul Newlove in one centre and Kevin Iroh in the other. Oof. And uh, Kevin Iroh's son played the other day for Cronulla. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah, Kale. Should 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 the NRL buy the Super League? That's At been floated a couple well, of times. I think if we continue, if the competition grows and grows and grows, then I think absolutely. At the very least, we have a duty of care mm. because it's such a great competition. Webby, in my opinion, I run this past people, and they go, oh, "I don't know," but I think I would revert the English competition back to a winter sport. Because what that allows to do at the end of their season, they their best players can come and play in the NRL. Helps us. Feels like similar to like Ellery Hanley, Gary Schofield, and Courier, so on and so forth did, and vice versa. Probably more importantly, when our competition ends, to, you know, our best players have the opportunity to go over and do guest stints at their clubs. I Great for that. their game as love well. Love that idea. They, they, it all everything pointed to their move to summer being perfect and working out and being great but that's the part of the game that has suffered and they in my opinion over there when the game was peaking it had a lot of australian stars in it okay well they mm. should do it i agree Peter Valandis, i'm sure you're listening yes well buy, i'll tell you what go we, and buy a comp you just you we're going to take a break i know and, certain clubs that have been doing it for years now we, you <laughs> just spoke about barry maranta and coincidentally after the break we're going to talk about uh we're going to do crocodile dundee and revolves around uh, another great Broncos man, great mate of Barry Maranta, Porky Morgan, who was involved with that. Speak to you then. Yes, and it's time for Movie of the Week. Yes, let's not uh, muck around here. This film, I reckon, did more for Australia than any ad, politician, sports star, rock star, Anyone, it's the most successful Aussie film of all time, Crocodile Dundee. You got a late, buddy? Yeah, sure, kid. There you go. And your wallet. Nick, give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Yes, as we welcome uh, Liam Alexander. Liam, welcome, pal. Matty, how you going? Liam, I'm going good, mate. Now, this film, right, it ain't highbrow or art house, state the obvious. How is this film viewed by Australia's, you know, cinematic critics? 
Yeah, you're right, mate. I don't think anyone's... No one is examining the deeper meanings or sort of mulling over Crocodile Dundee's direction or anything. But that, I don't think that means it still isn't a classic. And I think a lot of the critics at the time and now feel the same way. I think they recognise its flaws, but can sort of appreciate that it was sort of engineered to be a crowd pleaser. What I found interesting, though, was that a lot of the Aussie critics compared to the Americans, I think when it came out and sort of the years afterwards a lot of the Aussie critics sort of started to take offence to how Aussies were sort of the, represented in the movie, that image of being ochre and very blokey. I think a lot of critics at the time said that Americans viewed Crocodile Dundee as a work of social realism, which is a bit scary, but yeah. so I think they sort of saw it as that. Imagine yeah. being viewed as a knockabout, lovable rogue. Yeah. How, how terrible <laughs> that must be. Isn't to that be bad? That the, Imagine being critics, considered that way. Jeez, the critics aren't elite. Elitists, are they? Yeah. No, really. that's the thing. That, and that's the thing about this, Liam, is that like if we're Snobs. selling tourism Snobs. to America, for instance, which is one of our biggest markets, give the Americans what they want. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's, I mean, their country exactly is so what... political, politically correct. And the thing they look at about our country, they look at beautiful beaches, dangerous animals, and knock about people. Yeah. 100%. And a lot of the critics as well, that was a, a small portion of them. A lot of them said that there's, like you said, there's been no better ad for Australia than this movie. And I think, I think that's right as well. Benny? Which is interesting because the Australian and the international versions of the film were different. Really? So the, the US, what, what uh, you know, viewers in the US saw was actually a, uh, a like a different cut that was a, a seven minutes shorter. So they thinned out the Australian parts. Gotcha. Mm. They Obviously, the New York parts weren't changed, but they said we wanted to pace it up through the Australian parts, which wow. is interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's all uh, cheap. That's, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, to, sorry, Webby, but that's what is happened. It, is it still, was, is it, was it not the highest grossing Australian movie of, of all time? time. It still, yeah. still is? Yeah. Yeah. Liam, how, how much did it cost? How much did it make? So the film was made on a budget of under $10 million, and it was made for that reason. Like It was a deliberate attempt to make a commercial movie that would appeal to mainstream American audiences. So it was made for $8.8 million and it ended up grossing 328 worldwide, wow. which is, like, at the time, is, like, close to a billion dollars. Yeah, it's the yeah. past. Mad Max 2 was the highest grossing at the time, but it, it blew that out of the water. People still making a lot of money in it. Like, let's talk about John Cornell the producer and writer. John Connell, absolute genius. Of course, you remember him from the Paul Hogan show as Strop. But the uh, creator of World Series Cricket, which a lot of people really doesn't get, as people always look at it's Kerry Packer. He yeah. took the concept of Kerry Packer. He said to the likes of Dennis Lilly and Rod Marsh and so on, he said, all that money you made from World Series Cricket, just trust me on this, invest that money into this film. And I think the return, Liam, was something like 2,000%. Michael Hutchins, yeah. he invested. Yeah. Film. Porky Morgan invested big in the film. Wow. Wow. It's um, pretty, pretty incredible. Um, and the other one, which you read the, uh, the story about how this film was made, is John Cornell, when he presented, him, presented himself to the studio heads at Hollywood, they went in there. He actually presented himself as almost like, you know, the lovable idiot. And they went in there and he said, you could see these guys nudging each other, going, mate, we've got a live one here. How good is this, you know? And he said, literally two hours later, they walked out of the meeting and they were stunned. They were like, 
what just happened to us. The deal he struck as far as sequels, merchandise, everything Fantastic. going going forward. Um, ben, any some uh, trivia around? Yeah, I'm going to burst a bubble here. The crocodile wasn't real. I know. I know. Oh. $45,000 mechanical crocodile. But the buffalo was obviously the famous oh, yeah. scene at the start of the film. With the, the buffalo is real. And if you want to see that buffalo today, mm. you can catch it at the Adelaide River um, in hotel pub just south of Darwin, and it's on the bar, stuffed on the bar. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. What, the whole lot of just there? No, the, no, the full, the full uh, buffalo. And have some of his... Uh, and it's a, great, it's a great little pub. You, I watched the 2009 grand final there. Did you really? Yeah. Did, oh, there you go. There you, go. you know who I reckon the, 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 uh, who steals the show mm. is John Mellion. I totally agree. I was going to say, I, I think his character is so good. Hilarious. Yeah, Trying to make out he's the... And they have a bar named after him, the Oaks Hotel, every time. Do they? Yeah. It, 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 named while he was alive. He used to drink there all the time. And then he died wow. of cirrhosis of, which cirrhosis is now, of the which, liver in 50... When which is now for sale, too, the Oaks Hotel. Cirrhosis of the liver, that's yeah. not caused by beer, is it, or alcohol? Uh, I, there is some speculation I've that that's the case. I've heard a rumour. Hearsay. Um, mate, Liam, any things that are, you know, in the making this film, around this film, that caught your attention? Um, one of the interesting things is that Paul Hogan, for a lot of years, denied that it was based on a, a real person, Crocodile Dundee. I don't know if you guys know the story about Rod Ansell. He was yes, a, yes. He was a, yeah. yeah, so he, Paul Hogan sort of denied that he based it on him, but and I think that sort of led to Rod Ansell's uh, demise a little bit. He, he didn't see anything from the success of this movie, even though a lot of the character and a lot of yeah. the the sort of folklore around Crocodile Dundee was sort of taken from his story. It's almost like the... uh, Yeah, that is interesting. It's almost the Sylvester Stallone, Rocky, Chuck Wepner. Exactly. Yeah, right. I I was reading this story, Liam, and apparently Rod Ansell died in 1999 during a shootout with police. Yeah. Yeah. Over what? His story is quite quite remarkable. He said, that's not a gun. (laughs) This is a gun. (laughs) No, wasn't there a, an episode of The Simpsons where Bart pulls out a knife and says that? Yeah, yes, yeah when does. they come to Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, get the, they get kicked with a gumboot up the backside. Yeah. Now, this one, Liam, the other interesting thing about this, when it first was released, the studio heads only wanted to release it in a certain amount of cinemas. There was a lot of conjecture over that. Cornell really pushed back and said, you're breaking contract and whatnot. And they're like, no, we just want to see if it works. So they're dry... He and Hoag's are driving around L.A. and all of a sudden they go past this cinema, by accident, by the way, not by design, and people were, like, lined up around the block and they're going, what's going on here? Got out of the car, walked up, and they said, what's going on? And they said, it's this Australian movie, Crocodile Dundee. Oh, and suddenly they just, yeah, it exploded right across the country. Um, boys, Liam, a question to you. Where have the great Australian comedies gone to. It, it, there was a time that I remember New Zealand used to make these sort of dark films like the uh, the piano and things like that. We made those mm. lovable comedies. Now it's just yeah. completely swung the other way. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, there's some great I mean, Taika Waititi, he sort of reinvented the comedy in New Zealand and then that became hugely successful. But a lot of our movies yeah, I just don't think they're made with the idea for a broad appeal. Like Crocodile Dundee, Paul Hogan from the get-go wanted it to be a hugely successful movie. He, he manufactured it in a way where this is going to appeal to as many people as possible. And I think there's an element of that in our movies that we don't really um, target for anymore. I think we're making them for very niche audiences, but 
mm. yeah, I think I think Paul Hogan was on the money. He knew that there was an audience out there for a movie like this, and uh, he just had to make it. Because too many knobs out there are afraid of our larrikinism. Yeah. They, mm. are, they are too scared to mm. be Australian, which I think is madness. Diabolical. It's like, like look at the that, that generation, and I reckon it's got a lot to do with wokeism, even though I don't really yeah. like that term. I think that's a, a lazy term that people use when they don't agree with something. Yeah. But, like, like, you look at the castle, if you look at... Yes. Um, I, I remember watching Crocodile Dundee about six months ago. I went, oh, oh there it is. I'm going to watch it. Mm. And I went... How good. What, what, that's how we used to be. Mural, we used to laugh at ourselves. We mural, can't do that anymore. Mural's wedding. Fantastic. Mm. You know, it, it's just so good. Like, remember... Who's the father of Muriel's wedding? It's the family. Oh, yeah. Bill, Bill Hunter. Yeah, Bill Hunter's the father. But remember, <laughs> he's looking down, and the son, Stephen Curry's playing. He's playing football in the backyard, <laughs> and he goes, what's, what's I'm trying to think of their surname. He goes, Simpson. On to Simpson. On to Simpson. He goes, <laughs> Rodney, you bloody idiot. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, but, but they don't want to make movies like that anymore. Maybe we should invest. We can't in laugh a... at ourselves anymore because we're – Bearing up around Red Dragon does maybe, the North Coast. Maybe we invest with uh, <laughs> a biopic bio about Joey Johns. No, no, Red right. Dragon goes to Byron for New Year's. I like it. Yeah. 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 Red, Dra- Red Dragon goes to Burning Man. <laughs> they, oh, <laughs> and gets burnt. Um, the the uh, Barry Humphreys, mm. you know, doing that movie's, uh, what's it called again? It's, it, I've spotted him a few on the go all the time of late. Oh, where he plays. What, the, from the seventies? Oh, yeah, the seventies. I'll think of it in a second. Best scene in Crocodile Dundee, Liam. What do you think? Oh, I think some of my favourite bits are actually when he's he's in New York and he's that fish out of water. I love when he's in the bar and one of the locals goes like, "Say what?" and he just sort of stares back and goes, "What?" Right. <laughs> I love those bits. I love those bits where he has to adjust to their culture rather than them adjusting to Australia. And I think Paul Hogan plays those so well. It's it's one of the great endings. Of a film, yeah, absolutely. Like it's so, it's just walking on people's heads. Yeah, yeah like yeah, it's so, so good. Like it, you know, and that that brings all the, you know, the sheep station sort of stuff, and like da- it's David Golfer looks good in it too. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go, yeah. So, yeah, there you go, Mick. Yeah, <laughs> it's real. It's just it, Neville it's a, Bell. Yeah, it's just a really well-meaning, good, good feel of a movie. Um, the other one too, like you think about you said about wokeism, like if that movie. I imagine people would look at that. That's not a knife. This is a knife. They would say that's toxic mas- masculinity, oh. <laughs> mate. Yes. Honestly, it's oh, mate. It would be sexist because Linda Kozlowski's in a g-string. Yeah, but then and he comes in and saves her. Yes. Why can't she save herself? She should save. <gasps> she should save him. Yes. Yeah, surely. Should he just stand back and watch the crocodile eat her? Is that the new world? That's it. I mean, they're uh, they're in hey, hey, they're in the crocodiles territory. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's his billabong. <laughs> can't do anything here. It's, it's his ecosystem. Uh, yes, that's right. Get out of it. Yes, that's right. I tell you what we're going to do, Lou. We're going to take a break right up. And Paul Hogan. I don't know if there's been anyone who's made the transition from television to cinema in Australia better than him. We'll do five to one Aussie TV stars who have made it in film, excluding Hogs. Stick around. Yeah, welcome back. Movie of the week was Crocodile Dundee. We're talking about Hogs, the transition from being the lovable larrikin on the Paul Hogan show to being the lovable larrikin, Crocodile Dundee. You know, did anyone do it better? So we're going to do five to one Aussie TV stars who made it in film uh, and excluding excluding Hogs. Uh, I'm going to kick it off. Number five, the great Graham Kennedy. 
of mm. course, uh, in Melbourne tonight, Blankety Blanks, uh, Coast to Coast, he did with uh, Kenny Sutcliffe, which was made so good. Uh, mate, Don's Party, which is a great classic Aussie movie. The Odd Angry Shot, uh, The Killing Fields, and a movie which is great with Jack Thompson, The Club, which is was a David was, Williamson yeah, play, play yeah. made into the film. It's very, very good about the Collingwood Football Club. Webby? Oh, uh, I'm going to go with Heath Ledger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. he was on Home and Away yep. in 97. His best movie, doing his best movie? Yes. Dark Knight, which he yeah. won yeah. posthumously. Yep. yep. I can't believe I said that without stuffing yes. it up. Joey? I'm just tossing up anyone. Guy That's Ritchie. Five to one. Oh, five to one. Yeah. Number five, I've got Guy Ritchie. Mm. LA Confidential, was that his best? Guy Pierce. Guy, Guy Pierce. Oh, Guy Pierce. Yes. <laughs> You know, uh, Greg, uh, Greg, Greg Ritchie, I think we said. Uh, yeah, Guy Pierce. Yeah, Guy Pierce. He's been a lot of very good films. Um, he has. Good style of a bloke. I'm going to start with a, with an odd one. Hugh Keysburn, uh, known as the Toe Cutter. Oh, passed away. He passed away recently, but the two the two characters we know from the movies of the Toe Cutter and then as a Morton Joe in Fury Road. Oh. He started as a TV guy. I used to watch him on a show called Secret Valley. Back in the day. <laughs> Mate, they did that that biker gang in Mad Max One, they actually to bring themselves together and feel like a biker gang, he organized them, Hugh. They rode from Sydney to Melbourne to felt and go all these little mm. country towns to, to make them feel like that sense of menace when they went he into was, the town. He, that is an iconic character. The toe cutter. Toe cutter. Oh, the one that goes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the yeah. night rider died the other day. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the, that. The no, I am the night rider. Woo! <laughs> 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 uh, so good, uh, Liam. You're number five. Um, we were just talking about Muriel's wedding. I think Tony Collette for me. She started her career in um, oh. TV, a country practice, and these days she's like the go-to actress for a lot of the great American directors. She's her performance in a movie called Hereditary is one of the all-time great um, horror performances, I reckon. She's, Sixth she's sense. such a good actress. She's, yeah. I, yeah. When I was living in the UK, we were talking about, I, was in the, I lived in this sort of little small town called Chorley. Anyway, I'm walking down the street and I'm watching and I'm going, is that Tony Collette? And as she walked, I went, it is. And I'm trying to remember her name and I went, Colleen. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and she just kept walking. Uh, number four. Oh, no. Uh, sweet Chris Hemsworth, uh, Neighbours, The Saddle Club, which was almost—it was definitely one of my favourite TV shows, Home and Away. And his best film is a film called Rush, where he plays oh, James yeah. Hunt, the great F1 driver. It, it's, oh, man, it, it's one of the most underrated sports films, I reckon, of all time. Okay. Uh, you... Well, I've had him on my list, but I'm, uh, I'm going to say Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving made his TV debut... Douglas Jardine, Bodyline. Oh, oh yeah. wow. He play, yeah, he played a good Jardine too. He did. You know, he, he sort of looks like Hugo Weaving, like a sort of complicated, like uh, a really left guy that I don't know. what uh, I'm, You know what I'm getting yes. at here. And he came into Triple M one day and I thought, oh, do you know what? And he was a great guy. Not not just a nice guy, but a really great down-to-earth guy. What's his baddie in The Matrix? Yes. 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 Got the those Matrix. eyebrows. He was... Uh, yeah. Priscilla. Uh, my number four too. is Tony, Tony Collette. Now, did Liam help me out? Was she in an English movie called About a Boy? Yes. 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 Yeah, with Hugh Grant. Yeah, yeah, that was a cracker. Mm. That's the best. Hugh Grant. 
Yeah. My number four, Tony Collette as well. Hereditary, if you haven't seen it, uh, the ending of that film will stay with you. With really? The demise of Tony Collette in that film will stay with you. There's, there are two scenes in that film that will haunt you to the day you die. <laughs> Isn't it amazing, Muriel's wedding, like the mm. trans, the trans transformation and the transition from that role mm. to what she's doing now? Yeah, inc- yeah. yeah. She's... Mm. Incredible. She, she loves this show. She'd be listening. She is. She's, she's a listening. big fan. Shout out. I tell you who else does loves the show. My number three. Oh, hang on, Liam. You don't. You're number four, Liam. Have you done? I had the same as um. I had the same as Joey. Guy Pierce. Starting yeah. Neighbours and L.A. Confidential is one of the great movies. Yeah. We're okay. My number three, and she is a listener of the show. Margot Robbie or Margot Robbie. Oh, <laughs> uh, City Homicide. Neighbours for three years. Uh, two Logie nominations. And I reckon. Look, I, I reckon her. She's been in some crackers. Once upon a time, Hollywood, Wolf of Wall Street. I reckon her best role is I, Tonya, playing Tonya Hardy. Yeah. And that's, that's very good. Fantastic in it. And, been, and now Barbie. Is she Barbie? She's going to be Barbie. She's, she's Who's Barbie? Ken? Um, Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Oh, no. Yeah. God. Yeah. So I don't know whether – look, I'm going to – because you guys, I've, I've got Hemsworth and Pierce. Eric Banner. Okay. What a – Chopper. Chopper. Sense, oh, man. So he did Full Frontal. It was hilarious. Yes. And then, so he's sort of more like a little bit like along the hoax path. Mm. Um, but mm. I think his best role is in, have you ever watched the movie Munich? Awesome. Steven Spielberg. Oh, yes. Awesome. Great movie. Yeah, great. I reckon he's unbelievable in that. And yeah. he's in uh, Troy. Very good very with good Brad Pitt. Black very Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down. Oh. And then Chopper. And he's very good in The Dry too. The Dry. The Noble. Dry. That's a great movie. Excellent film. Maddie's great in that. Yeah, Maddie's he good is. in everything. He is. Yes, he is Did good in Maddie the 12. in the 12? Isn't I haven't that, seen the twelve. Isn't that a, show, a TV is show? It's Brendan Cowes in that as well, isn't he? Yeah, one he of is. the best. He I plays. It's, yeah. it's best. I think it's the best Australian drama, drama I've seen. It's certainly the best in Love the last Love My 10 Way years. was great, but this Brendan Cowell plays this degenerate gambler. I've Gary. never seen anyone. Like, his name's better. Gary. Is he called Gary? <laughs> is he based on anybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh yes. Uh, Joey, your number three. Uh, my number three, is Simon Baker. Yeah, right. L.A. Confidential, at his best, and then The Mentalist. Oh, he's good and, in that. And sometimes the mentalist oh. and the mentalist surf together. Yeah. Oh, do Is he a good surfer? Mm. He rips. Really? Surf's really good. Parramatta. But, but, what, Parramatta what, TV, but what TV show? Was it East Street? One of those. Yeah. Remember East Street? He's, yeah. actually, he's actually one of those guys that East as, he gets, older, these as days. he gets older, he's getting better like a fine wine. Mm. I think you live near an East Street. It's got, these days, East Street's got a bit of a different meaning. Clown. It's been a long time since I've walked down that street. Yes, yeah. Uh, my number three, Hugo Weaving, um, and I reckon he's best that I love him in, um, apart from the old Dirt Water Dynasty, which was a TV miniseries, mm. um, was a movie you don't see his face, which is V for Vendetta, which I love. You don't so, see his face? Don't see his face. Uh, tell you, uh, Have you like, not seen it? No. You'd love it. Tell v for Vendetta. V for Vendetta. bloke I haven't heard of for years. He was big in the 80s. Colin Frills. Remember him? Oh, he yeah. was. Where's he um, gone? Where, Mal- what happened to Frilzy? Yeah. Was, was it Malcolm that he was in? He was Malcolm. Malcolm. But he was great yeah. in Water Rats. He was. I used to love that music. Webby, settle down. Your number three, Liam. For me, Joel Edgerton started his career in TV, Secret Life of Us, and a few other shows. And now he's one of the great directors, I think. He's directed this movie called The Gift, came out a few years ago. So good. He stars in it as well. But he's 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 consistently in good movies as well. He and Sam Worthington, their first ever movie was a movie made by Gus Wallen's brother called Tap Dogs. It was set in Newcastle. 
Yes. Tap dog. Yes. That's, that's right. That was, that was massive. They filmed that at half time in one of they our did. games. They did. That was game. huge, wasn't it? Tap dog. It was huge in New York City. Yes. Mm. Uh, number uh, two, I've got an Eric Banner. Full frontal, uh, mate Poiter. Uh, piss take of Ray Martin, and yeah, my look. I, my favourite is Chopper, but again, in Munich, he was sensational. He was. So my number two, mm. uh, Guy Pearce for all those movies you say. Um, Hollywood Confidential. I watched that again the other oh, the other yes. week. That that net doesn't age poorly at all. That yeah. movie. Kevin that, Spacey they, in that one. Yeah, yeah he plays a good one. Mate, that, yeah. that was. <laughs> That, that was uh, that, that was a big age. breakthrough for Russell, wasn't it? Yeah. As far as internationally, I think yeah. both of them really wasn't yeah. it? Yes, I remember once he, um, Ozzy Osbourne, whose favourite uh, book and movie of all time was Time Machine, and when he saw the one with Guy Pearce, he wasn't impressed. He goes, "Why have they got that <laughs> bloke as the star of Time Machine?" <laughs> anyway, oh, there you go. Yeah. Have you read the book, James Elroy? No, it's it's sensational. Just as good as the movie. I ran it today from the library. <laughs> Is the libraries around? The <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. shut down in COVID. Are, are, are there any blockbuster videos around anymore? No. Oh, there's a question. Uh, number two, Nicole Kidman. She, she would yeah. have. She would have been. Uh, probably. TV ads. BMX Bandits. <laughs> no, she would have been in soap, wouldn't she? No, I looked this up, but I don't think she was. I think she went straight into. No. Porn. Nice one, though. A for okay. effort. <laughs> uh, number two. Mine is Guy Pearce for Memento. Yeah, oh, wow. Which I loved. Yeah, Liam? Uh, I had Margot Robbie. I think even we spoke about the roles. She's producing a lot of the movies she's starring in these days as well, which is unreal. My number one, probably a lot of people, Heath Ledger, uh, Home and Away, of course. But um, a couple of uh, the best is, in my opinion, plays when The Dark Knight as the Joker, of course. But a few special mention to Two Hands. Which I, it was great, such a great Sydney movie here in Brian Brown. And another other movie one, you probably wouldn't couldn't make today. Probably couldn't. Yeah. And I'm not there. It's a really good one. It's a, a bit of a different film yeah. about plays a young Bob Dylan, which he does really good. If there's one bloke I would love to have a beer with, Brian Brown. I have. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, with Peter Volandis because they're good mates. What a gang! At, wow. at, in the in the in the director's <laughs> room at the races many many years ago. Great wow. And he's just as good a bloke as you could imagine. Wow. And so is Brian Brown. Hey. Ah. Ah. So we're done there. Ah, he did, yeah, yeah. My number one, <laughs> yeah. Jason Donovan. <laughs> Mate. It may not have been a movie, but but he is the inspiration for a kebab van in Bristol called Jason Donovan. <laughs> oh, that is good. <laughs> Google it. Google oh, Jason Donovan. Oh, we interviewed I mean. Noel Gallagher one day right at Triple M, and MG being random, he just kept, we're talking about something, and the sort of interview was hitting a cul-de-sac. And he goes, MG goes, oh, I got a Jason Donovan story. And he uh, he goes, yeah, he goes, my uh, driver was called Jason. This car came in. I went, hey, I'm here, Jason. He reversed back. And it was Jason Donovan. He goes, I had to make conversation for five minutes. Quickly, Joey, number one. Uh, Heath Ledger. Candy. Heath. Right up. Candy, yep. candy, candy. Right up. We'll take a break. Uh, after the break, Mad Monday stories. Yeah, brought to you by Spray of the Day, Hunter Industries. Hunter Industries built on innovation, residential and commercial irrigation. Joey, uh, made a bit of a spray going on. Uh, the unions at the moment, the trains and buses. I had to drive back from Newcastle and it took me three hours and 15 minutes, but that's nothing compared to the poor people out west of Sydney. Once again, it's the quiet Australians who get punished for the people up on top of government who will not make a decision. I understand there was uh, traffic was backed up yeah. on the M2 for 15 kilometres. In the city even, Joey, it was 11 k- kilometres because a truck got stuck 
in the uh, in the tunnel. Oh, yeah. Doesn't Ray Hadley love that? No, mate, he <laughs> salivates. There's two things he loves. He goes, okay, there's an imbecile. Right on. He's stuck in the harbour tunnel. When will these blokes learn? And the only thing he loves more than that, when a truck gets stuck in the Galston Gorge. He absolutely, <laughs> you know there's, there's, to use a surfing term, he froths over it. Yeah. Just get it done and stop punishing the quiet Australians. Righto. Uh, there you go. Uh, that's uh, <coughs> Andrew Bolt. Yes, there you go. Andrew, Andrew Bolt Jr. Uh, more right-wing rantings. Uh, Hunter Industries, built on innovation, residential and commercial irrigation. Visit hunterindustries.com.au. We'll take a break. Coming up, uh, we've got sound advice pretty soon. Yeah, brought to you by Top Dollar Metal Recyclers. Visit Top Dollar. Dot com dot au. Every kilo, every time at a fair price for over 20 years, top dollar metal recyclers. Ben, who you should know, come back bigger ad, and better? You know that ad, top dollar? They should get Ernie Sigley to do it. I, or Baby John right, Burgess. Oh, I lo- mate, how good's Baby John? I don't think you can get Ernie. Oh, he might be gone to a better place. Yeah, Ernie, Ernie's not available. Yeah, right. What about <laughs> ugly Dave Gray? Just, Is he still, no, does Ugly Dave still live in Wollongong? Let me just check and see if any of these people are still alive. Uh, ben, who is, should we yeah, come just, back bigger Just really and quick, the West Tigers, please come back bigger and better uh, this weekend for the sake of my wife, my father-in-law, their internal punish, punishment at the moment. Just come back bigger and better. And, and also for Noddy. Mate, dig deep for Noddy. I feel so sorry for Noddy. They've just handed him a shit sandwich. And, you know, like, Noddy's got ambitions, right, to be a coach. And it's sort of be just going, right, mate, mate, that's yours. The we'll gr- see you at the what, end of the game. Why, why did Sheens not take over straight away? Exactly. I have no idea. Because he knew it was going to be a shit sandwich. Yep. Just, yeah. And also, just to fill you in, Dave, Ugly Dave Gray is alive. He's 88. There you go. Shout out to Ugly Dave Gray. We'll uh, take a break and a little bit later, we promise, Mad Monday Stories. Sorry, people, <laughs> I've had a conniption. What happened? What just happened then? Oh, my God. I was just telling the boys. I spoke about this. Can I this. just paint the picture of what happened there? We're about to come on air. Yeah. And Matthew's, like, dropped dropped his pen, his notes, and, and his headphones. And the headphones came off and hit the microphone. I was just telling the boys about I've been taking these uh, memory tablets. And, mate, honestly, uh, inadvertently, every now and then, I almost stare through walls. I just forget nothing. Have they got a dove on them? Uh, no, it's oh. called, what about the name of it? The the name of the tablet's called On It. So when you're no. saying to pe- yes, when you're saying to people, I'm taking these tablets, I'm on it. People go, okay, you get down on it. Mm. No? And uh, yeah. and um, I, I was at a Vossy show in the morning, and I said, and I literally, I said, mate, I'm God, I'm sharp this morning for a Monday. And they went, oh, yeah. I said, mate, I've been taking these memory tablets. I said, what are they called? And I said, oh, forget. We sort of defeated <laughs> oh the purpose. Ju- Ju- Junior Paolo said something very quite um, funny after the game. Yeah, so they said, uh, so, you know, you've made the finals. He goes, yeah, three weeks ago, we really made the top four our ambition to make the top four. And we took it one week at a time after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is good. Boys, Bunnies, Roosters tonight. Joey, this can be a little tricky because you've got, the, you've got week one of the finals next week and you want to go in with a win, but you don't want to empty yourself out physically and emotionally. Reckon they'll just tear out, tear into each other tonight? Yep. Once they get there, full stadium, uh, the burrow and the chook pen screaming, full stadium, a lot at stake, they'll rip him. Absolutely rip him. Oh, I've got a feeling Tedesco will be rest, rested. Ooh. Because mm. you, mm. where's that come We're from? talking about it last night. You've got to name your 19 24 hours before kickoff. Yep. So they've named the 19, and I just get the feeling Tedesco will be rested. I think People are saying, oh, this is for home ground advantage. 
What's the difference playing at Allianz and playing it at a golf? I think it's a um, smart Depending move by Robber. Depending on peak hour. Mm. But mm. it's a smart room from uh, Robber. Mm. Like Swali'i, who's had a really – he's had a big week in the headlines. Yep. And they're saying it's bone bruising. Uh, probably, yeah, I get that. But I reckon – I re- like his 19-year-old kid, all the headlines through the week, it's very easy to lose focus. I think the week will serve him well. You know how he got the shoulder injury? Mm. The Sofa Solomon of backslam. Oh, did he? That's how it happened. Oh, yeah. Isn't he feeling at the moment, Nelson? Oh. And he's playing so good. Yeah. That, that was sensational how he got booed every time. Oh, yeah. Touchable. The, the game needs that. Yeah. It does. Be sanitised. Heroes and villains. That's yeah. what Roy said. It's a pantomime. But I, I, I love the look on his face. Like, mm. when he when he does anything 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 naughty, he just sits there like oh, a cow and a dead cow and a like a James look. Bond villain. He is, and that's mm. we need more of it. And when that footage of him in Bali when he stuck up for Suli Vunavalu yeah. and he See, fed those blokes, punched. <laughs> but but I can't holes. believe it was Cooper was there. Oh. What did he say? Frightening. Oh, he said it was frightening. He said I was getting chills just watching him from fifty yards. He was running the other way. But you know what way. I hate about that? He got remember he got suspended. Yeah, that's right. He you did stick too. up for your mate, you get suspended. Yeah, I reckon that I said to Greenberg, mate, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, that's they the thing these were, days. There's no stand consequence. Up, stand no up. consequence. They reckon there's no natural justice. They'll rule mugs, those blokes. I know. They'll rule. You know who was there that night? Yeah. Braith. Was he? Yeah, Braith went on the record about it at a, at a, at a Seminyak nightclub that I may have been to called Favela. Mm-hmm. And it, it pumps. Yeah. It was not. They went. Uh, those guys were after, they were. They were after Vunavalu that night. Yeah. Um, a deviation. This Australian, yeah. Australian fellas. Mm. Uh, mm. Some and some were were local. Um, talking about Cooper last night, I said to Cooper this morning, I said, mate, if you want to clash heads with someone, do it with Nick Meaney, not Tui Kamakamitha. Like, mate, seriously. I, I wanted to ask you this. Mm. What's doing with his hair? No. I, no Ness? Yes, that's a two-part yeah. question. He, he says and, this, right. Mm. He always goes, um, Cooper. complains, yep, he goes, Dad, your mum must have placed me on my back too much when I was a kid in the cot. And I said, why is that? He said, because the back of my head's flat. And I said, what brought you to that conclusion? He said, Shandor Rolset reckons that's what it is. I said, you tell Shandor, right, stick to his fitness and stop talking <laughs> about my abs. parenting. That's right. <laughs> well, but what when you're a father and you watch that happen, like, and it wasn't the worst concussion, but... Oh, it looked awful. Yeah. I thought he broke his jaw. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought for sure well, How broken. did you both as family um, members react? Well... Me and I did a podcast with James Graham yesterday, and we're talking about uh, player health and and, you know and concussions and things like that. We're talking about you know and a lot of the stuff there were people there from the Australian because he's got a relationship with the Australian now, and we're talking about just some of the things with concussion and whatnot. And you know, concussion these days people don't understand when people think about concussions, they think about laying prone and snoring, where concussion is like a you get, you know, you get sort of uh, a shock. You know, you sort of have that little, uh, and, or as they used to say, you get the wobbly boot and you shake it off and you keep going. That, you know, that's a concussion. And we'll talk about when you consider that, you know, playing rugby league for 27 years, how many of those you've had. And I said, that's what's really important now with these protocols, with the NRL. People are going, oh, they're overzealous. You know, it's ridiculous. And you go, no, they're not. Mm. Because they, because those little micro knockouts, are worse than sometimes the major one because you get you get up and you, you keep playing gotcha. and then you, you get another one soon after, a little bit like boxing where you get hit four or five hits to the head. 
And that's why boxing is so dangerous as far as those things are concerned. Then he asked me about my son and said, you know, how do you feel about the boys? And I said, it's a fine line between talking about the game you love and then not sound like a bad father, you know, if that makes sense. And my thing about it is these days the protocols are so good is the fact that they pick him up, how you feeling. I could see that he wanted to stay back, stay on. He did, but then the independent doctor steps in. Once he goes into that shed, I know he's going to get care. And if they let him back onto the field, then obviously he's okay. But initially, when you're thinking, oh, you know, God, I haven't broke his cheekbone or broke his jaw. Can I say this? I think the protocols in terms of the game in match are strong as they should be. I think there is still way too much left in the hands of the clubs after the, after that. Because mm. I think it's insane that Victor Radley can convulse on the field like that. And I don't care about how he got up and was on, mm. you know, afterwards. Yeah. But it was on, it was on the, he could have played tonight. But yeah. the Roosters, who are a responsible club and have had to live through this with Boyd, Jake yeah. and Luke, were the ones that stood him down. That's so now, good. Now, luckily, he plays for a club yep. like the Roosters, but I don't think there's some clubs out there that are as strong in themselves and, and look at the bigger picture as much as a right. club, a professional club like that do. Too I think it's insane that, 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 that Victor could have played tonight. That, that's one of the things, is that you have to take it out of the club's hands, the coach's hands and the player's hands. We spoke, Me and James spoke about this, this yesterday because the most important thing for the player is for him to retain the jersey. And the most important thing for the coach is to get the two points. And mm-hmm. the Roosters are one club that walk the walk. They talk they it do. and they walk it. And, and you know, when, when Victor's dad comes out, who's a tough man, mm. and says, my son should not play next week, surely that's, you know, guys, just put a line straight through him. Yeah. Who, 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 who wins this tonight, you think? I, 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 look, I'm going to go with no Victor, no Lindsay Collins, who's big out. I, I can't believe that. No, to do the hip drop. No, uh, Tupo. No, I don't think he'll play against. No, he looks like Tory's groin. Jeez, oh, uh, I, I, I'm going to go for the Rabbitohs. Yeah, I think. The and, and I think if you look at in the last five, uh, last three or four years, these two playing groups in this encounter, Webby, it's been the Rabbitohs that sort of elevated themselves a little bit more. And I also think they're cagey. The Roosters too. I think they've become experts at timing their run late in the year. Mm. I reckon they'll be more worried about next week than. The week after. Do you think Latrell will play? I don't know. Because he's carried got, a groin injury. Mm. So the Roosters are dollar eighty-five in the market. The head of South dollar ninety-five. Mm. That, but that might change now that you've just put it out there that Tedesco might be arrested. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Just, I just, I just, I just got a feeling, and he's had a. He's played most games. Had a big Origin series. Isn't it amazing that like how it gets out? Like the bookies know before anyone. Like funny I, that. I knew. <laughs> I knew. I knew Cooper was playing. Because my dad rung me and was talking to a guy who knew a bookmaker in Cessnock and said, Cooper's playing. And he rang and said, is Cooper playing? And I said, I don't know. And I texted Cooper and said, are you playing? He said, yes, but don't tell anyone. I said, whatever happens, it's out of the bag because, yeah. I know a few pro punters. They seem to be ahead of – they tell me what's going on. Mm. Yeah, do, yeah, mm. yeah. Only that. Too. What do you think, Webby, tonight? Well, I, I've tipped the Roosters, but now I'm actually thinking probably South. I just, but it's South and the Roosters at New, I just yeah, they won't be able to help themselves. No, you know, there's only terrible. they only know one one um one speed, so mm. it should be a good game. What, what's what's 
what are they going to do tonight? The, 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 we're at the NRLW. Is there going to be a musical act before the... Yeah, I don't know. Guy don't Sebastian know. launched Tommy it Trumpet? last week. Tom, Tommy, Tommy Trumpet. <laughs> Timmy Trumpet. Tim Trumpet. No, it's his Tim, brother Tom. His brother yeah. Tom Trumpet. And his old man Ted Trumpet. And his uh, cousin, Cole Crumpet. Got a bit, I'll tell you what, it's, they've got a bit of traffic. So I've got two games tonight and then they've got the, the Wallaby Springboks tomorrow. And it's supposed to rain all weekend. Mm. Have you got a recommendation how I should get in there? Because I think me and Trish are going to get the bus in. Getting from Winyard. No, strike. They're not striking today, are they? No, oh, no, no, not the Hashtag. not the Northern Beaches ones, mate. Get the light rail. Try and get all the way into lo- get the light rail up. I, there's no thing. light rail from Northern. Be- oh, you're yeah. talking from from Winyard. Mate, here, okay. Get off of Winyard and get the light get, rail. Get an Uber to Manly. Get the ferry across. Mm. Then get and, a then and get then light rail. The light rail. Yeah, right That's a car. good idea. That's, Thank you. It's not bad. It's not bad because I want to get there for five o'clock. Did you know between f- yes. five and seven is half price beer? Only sixteen bucks a beer between five and seven. That's unbelievable, isn't that fantastic? You know what? Right? So I've written it in my column today. Did you know that um, I got a complaint from a member saying there's no ice cream though at the Guy Sebastian concert. No ice creams in the members, but you could get a blue cheese gnocchi and a Negroni. <laughs> <laughs> mate, Joey's mate. Joey's mate, um, Ian. Ian, Ian runs Muddle. a lot. I know Ian, yes. No oh, one. man. You've been for breakfast at Ian's oh, place. Well, he sold it, yeah. We yeah. went to the SCG and I turned up ready, you know, what a Pluto pup or something like that, and he took me into a fine French restaurant. Yeah, before, yeah. before the game, for the Knights and the Roosters. Do you know you can get a, they're, you get, they're called cheeseburger spring rolls, which they have at Miss G's oh, in, uh, in Potts Point. Be good for your you breath. Them. Oh, you get the dentist sandal. Oh man, that's good. Cheeseburger spring roll. That's what are like they going to do next? Foods into one. Do you know what I reckon they should do? Mm. They should get a pizza with a frankfurt through the crust. Oh, hang on, they've already done it. What next? Seriously, deep, deep fried Mars bar. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. deep Is fried that in ice Scotland? cream. Is that where they do that? Uh, maybe. Uh, we'll take a break after the break. Search and enjoy. Whatever you bet on, take it to the next level. Gamble responsibly. And we've got Jared Timms on the line, the people's champion. Timsy, welcome, pal. <laughs> I can get around that nickname, Matty Morning. How are you? Mate, I'm, I'm going good. Now, the Doggies and Manly, right? God, I tell you what, hard to pick a winner here. Yeah, look, absolutely nothing on the line for either club other than pride. But with so many one-sided matches coming up this week, Matty, Betting actually suggests it could be one of the better contests of the round. The Bulldogs, $1.60 favourites. Bit of value on offer for the Seagulls fans, $2.50. $2 lines, six points. Now, I don't get to the football a lot these days, Timsy, but I will not miss this for the world. The new uh, Allianz Stadium opens and the debut game, Roosters against the Bunnies. What a rivalry. Yeah, really looking forward to this one, Matty. And a chance we'll see these two sides clash again next week in the first week of the finals. They've actually traded favouritism a few times since markets went up here at Nets. Currently, the Roosters' slight favourites, $1.85. on offer for the Bunnies, $2 lines, one point. Now, the Raiders halfway through this season, it looked like they were never going to make the finals. They win this game, they're in, and they'll give some cheek into that final eight. Tigers versus Canberra. Yeah, absolutely, Matty. The Raiders well and truly in the driver's seat for this final spot in the eight, but wouldn't it be the most Raiders thing of all time to lose a must-win game against the worst team in the cop? Now, the Nets bookies don't think they'll, uh, that will happen, though. They are $1.28 favourites. $3.70 about the Tigers for an upset. 12 and a half is where the line has been set. Good on you, Timsy. Appreciate it, mate. Let you get back to uh, the sauna. Thank you, Matty. Have a good week. 
Ned's Same Game Multi is available on more sports than ever before. Take it to the Ned's level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Yeah, sit back, people. Get yourself uh, Arnold Palmer. Lay down on the banana couch because we're going to travel around the world with Search and Enjoy. It might be a uh, 747, Ben. Are they still around these days? Or was it the A380? 747 uh, still like around. The, 747, the mate. The, yeah. the, di- the dinosaur, the air- airlines that keep on going. Mm. 40 years, 50 years they've been flying 747s. Now, Have ben, you ever seen Sydney from yeah. a 747 at night? No. Oh. The great Paul Kelly. Concord oh, yeah. haven't come back. No. Yeah, they're, they're, funny nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, ben, uh, he t- he's going to take us to different towns and cities around the world, places that he's worked, he's lived. So far, we've done the Emirates, uh, Doha, uh, Africa's Ethiopia last week. Today, we head to the subcontinent, Sri Lanka. Ben. Sri Lanka. Yeah, one of my favourite little uh, islands in the world. Uh, often, often, you know, covered in a bit of strife. But it is one of the gems of uh, world travel. I highly recommend Sri Lanka. At the moment, it's not so good. Oh, so, I rang you and said, because we were looking at it, mm. and you said, no, at the moment, you've got the political unrest. Political unrest, uh, total lack of resources going on over there, electricity, uh, gas, oil, like everything. It's really, really bad at the moment, um, which is a real shame because it's such an incredible country. Did they transition to renewables really quickly? Uh, no, they've had a, they've had a, a pol- like, uh, corruption, and because of it, um, everything has gone They've overthrown the ruling family Mm. and they've actually gone, they've thrown them out and they're actually, there's people just living in their mansions, swimming in their pools. The protesters went in and got into the royal royal palace and just went for a swim. Do you think they'll blame Trump for that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. Um, Ben, like, um, okay, so the different parts... Of Sri Lanka, like yep. the north, the south. South is renowned for its beaches and surfing. Yeah, so the south, the south is probably where I would start. Uh, Gaul, um, which we probably all know from Aussie Test cricket. Yeah. Uh, you know, the we just played there. there. Yeah, the tsunami, the that south coast there. Gaul is an incredible place. The old town. Um, you know, it's like talk, talk about bars and restaurants and great little places to stay. Um, it's right next, to obviously, the new town, which is full of all the culture of Sri Lanka. Um, Joe would love a place nearby called Jungle Beach, uh, which is there's a little bar on Jungle Beach, and if you go there, um, you could sit there and like we went there one night um, with my father-in-law who got really into it, um, but sat there with um, local Sri Lankans, expats, um, Blackwater um, troops, I guess you call them, Blackwater yep. operators. Yeah. They go on holiday in Sri Lanka from Africa. Uh, so they sort of uh, yeah, get into this jungle beach. It's I highly recommend Jungle Beach. Good, hey? <laughs> yeah. Adam McDougall's brother, Ben, he had a bar there. Yeah. Mate, jungle it's, Beach. They're, they're just like little they're little pop-up places, like little, you know, after thatch. after tsunami. Oh, mate, you'll, you'll, you'll still see train lines and trains, like, that have, up in the up in the hills that haven't been brought down mm. since um, tsunami that have just been pushed. And, there and you go, how the hell did that happen? Uh, talking to some of the cricketers, right, that have been to India, and Trish wants desperate to go to. We're talking about this the other day, mm. and but I, I spoke to some of the cricketers. I said, tell me about Mumbai and different places in India. They said, right, this is what India is like. They said, five the first five days, it's just a complete shock to the senses. And the next five days are the best five days you've had in your life. Yep. And I said, my problem with that is I've got to go through the first five days. Going to Sri Lanka 
Tell me about that when you hit there. Is there an adjustment? No, I, I, I would say comparing Sri Lanka to India, Sri Lanka is like um, the relaxed version of India. Yeah, right. India is, but like if you go to Varanasi, like on the Ganges oh, yep. and stuff, like wow, get ready for it. Sri Lanka is a lot more relaxed. It's a lot more, I guess, like southern India. Like yep. it's pretty... Pretty cool. There's, you know, surfing and good food and good drinks. And, you know, and I only know, you know, the Sri Lankan people generally meeting them through cricket yep. and sport and stuff like that. But I find Sri Lankan people so nice. Yep. Really, really. Actually, like, their sense of humour and culturally actually very similar to Australians in a lot of ways. Yep. A lot of ways. And, mate, and the other thing too, you know, it's not bringing back sport, but... Mate, I love their cricket team. Like blokes like Jay Saria and those guys were just yeah, we, machines. They they are really lovely people. Like we bumped into a guy over there called Jagger, who was a tuk tuk driver, yep. and he took us around for a couple of days in Gaul. And the next minute, he turned up with a van and said, "Oh, I'll drive you around Sri Lanka." And he drove us around Sri Lanka. Obviously, we paid him for his yeah. services. Drove him around, and um, my parents in law actually invested in his tuk tuk. Wow! So they are part owners in a tuk tuk business in Sri Lanka. Special shout out. I remember. I remember Adam Gilchrist made comment about Muralitharan's bowling action. Yep. <clears throat> and the comments got picked up, and it was pretty heavy, um, and they got twisted out of proportion. Those bloody journo's. And Adam mm. Gilchrist told me this story where he called Muralitharan to try and make get ahead of it and clear the air, and and Muralitharan's like, "Oh, okay. And you have a child now. How are you? Are you, you got a boy now?" And like he yeah. just did not. Give a shit. Yeah, yeah, right. He just let it all... Remember in that movie as... Animal Kingdom when Ben Mendelsohn was talking about Murali Duran? He was watching TV. No, <laughs> yeah. you obviously don't. No, I haven't, I haven't seen the movie. You haven't seen but Animal no, Kingdom? No. I, I believe it's absolutely sensational. Yeah. The series. I've seen a bit of the series. Oh, that's the, the American movie. one. Yeah. It's pretty good. He thought he was funny. Yes. Yeah, but it, but but so the takeaway was Adam Gilchrist has said he was <clears throat> like even even over an issue like that, the, which he was so yeah, Because he, he knew he would have chucked. Yeah. Who? Murali Duran. Mm. Didn't he have a bit of Wasn't, that, oh, wasn't that a big thing with Daryl Hare? Wasn't that? Oh, that was a big oh, day, big. wasn't it? Uh, anyway. Okay, so the, the South. Right. What's, the, what's the difference with the North? Well, the North is obviously, you know, you've got your civil war, your strife. It's been sort of, that's been going on now for, God, 50 years. Ben, I don't want to like, bring this up, but the Tamir Tigers. Yep, the Tamil can, Tigers. Can you explain that? Well, the Tamil Tigers. So the Tamil are traditionally... <laughs> Tamil, the Tamil people were brought from India to work in basically slave labour, right. cheap labour in the north and, you know, made the north their home and wanted obviously more rights. Mm. The traditional Sri Lankan people were like, well, no, because you're that class system. And that has, of course, gone into – and that, that, that formed into the civil war in Sri Lanka. Yeah, right. Would yeah. You, could you live in Sri Lanka? Uh, yes, I'd love to live in Sri Lanka. Mm. There's a great, there's a, another great city which um, we know from cricket, Candy in the middle. It's where they filmed Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, um, but it is a, it's a great city. There's a great nightlife there. Joey would love it. There's an English pub there called Slightly Chill. Why, why did well, we hang on? Hey, hey, why is, is that? Why you <laughs> yeah. can sit there and just fill your boots and just. Mate, I, I, no my, my so. father, my no. father-in-law and I filled our boots with the margaritas in that place. Mm. He. Slid off his chair under the, under the table. I missed my chair altogether, oh. 
And we got we got dragged out by our yeah. by our wives. You don't yeah. have to drink when you're overseas. I was going to say. I oh, know it's straight. disgusting and hey, it's a hey, habit. Hey, stop okay? it. Ben's said many times that his father-in-law is a complete nutter alcohol. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> shout out. Would, uh, no, he's you, not. You, My but, mother-in-law but is. You would, you, <laughs> bang bang. Would you um? But you would you wouldn't travel there at the moment. I know people have been I, there recently for for a journalist have been there. They reckon it's yeah. it's a nightmare. I wouldn't travel there now uh, because of the unrest, but. You know, these countries bounce back, and if it mm. if it bounces back soon, I would get there quick. Yeah, good. Fingers crossed. Good on you, Benny. We'll take a break. After the break, we've got cold chisels. Um, <clears throat> circus animals. <laughs> yes, and welcome to Sound Advice, people. Uh, now, the theme of late has been iconic Australian albums. We've had Midnight Oil's 10 to 1. Last week, the Angels' debut album, the iconic Face to Face, and today, uh, an album viewed as the fourth greatest Australian album of all time, Cold Chisels, Circus Animals. Yes, this is riding Cold Chisel sweet spot. Boys, this is what you'd class as a rebellious album for mm. two reasons. Uh, Firstly, it was a rebound. It was a push away from the East album. Now, East was a hugely successful album. It was a breakout album for Cold Chisel because it was a step into pop. It was essentially a pop album, Standing on the Outside, Ida, et cetera, et cetera. This, which was an enormous success, absolutely cleaned up at the awards, et cetera. And secondly, this, this album um, was their first album they made after failing to crack America. Mm. And they came back and said, right, we're going to move completely away um, from that type of music. What we're going to do is we're going to go back into hard rock and we're going to, you know, it's a rebellion against the Americans. Hence the song, you know, when they didn't make it to America, they come back bitter and they did the song, You Got Nothing I Want, which was a song about America. Their failure over there. Mm. And, of course, in that film clip, you see Jimmy Barnes in the iconic Young Cherry Pickers football jersey. Yeah, right. Yes. And he was – and he was a because I read about this, he was aiming that at what was described as the cocaine-fueled managers and promoters of the U.S. Yes. music market at the time. Yes. He said that they were over there. They were about to go on stage. Well, they went in – when, when they went in, first of all, to the, um, to the music company in America, Jimmy walked in with a singlet that was ripped and it had trouble on the front. And he said, as they walked in – he said they saw all the staff just clearing out of the office because they sold at the Americans. Oh, mate, I've got this Australian band coming in, but they're like, you know, the Sex Pistols time ten, times 10, and they were terrified. <laughs> anyway, the guy, he said the, the studio head, he said, was such an ass, and he got on and he was – Jimmy's about to go out and, and perform at this concert, and he came out and said, hey, don't tell anyone else in the band, but here, would you like some cocaine? Jimmy said, yeah, great, got it, and just threw it into the audience. <laughs> Now, okay, the big songs on this album, and there's some beauties. As of course we said, uh, you got nothing I want. We got Bow River, Forever Now, and uh, of course, when the war is over.
Yeah, a song believed to be one of the greatest in Australian music and, history. And written by the drummer. Yes, Steve, uh, Steve Presswich. Really? Right. Yes. Yeah. He wrote that. Yes. Would, that, would that be a rare... Because Mossy wrote most of them, yeah? Uh, Mossy wrote most of them. Uh, Jimmy wrote uh, songs such as Rising Sun. Phil Small wrote a song called My Baby. Because yep. it's interesting. It, a lot of people, this is split. I, I really like this album uh, because I like that sort of hard edge to it. But I do love the East album. I mean, that the, the East album that just cleaned up. Listen, to, I mean, listen to some of these songs. So you've got Standing on the Outside, Choir Girl, Rising Sun, My Baby, Cheap Wine, Ida, Four Walls, Star Hotel. I mean, that's... You know, we, talk, we spoke about last week, the Angels album, having seven hits. I mean, that is... Quite a collection. Every one of those <laughs> yeah. songs have completely and utterly stood the test of time. Hard to, hard to split them. Ben, East? I, I, no, I'm, a, I, I'm not a massive cold chisel man. Although when I hear cold chisel, you'll appreciate this, Webby. I feel that I'm driving along the mid-north coast of New South Wales in summertime. Flame That's tree. what. Yes, that flame is trees. what. Yeah, flame trees. Bow, but Bow River to me is their pinnacle. I love that yeah. song. Love Bow River. Well, well, you said about driving through. And you, there's a song. One of my favourites called Hound Dog on the album. And in the middle of Hound Dog, there's a bridge. It goes through Nambucca and up the coast mm. where the where the grass is greener and the girls are sweeter. And I always remember like going up there with my mates driving up the north coast. And I think of that. I think of those yeah. trips every time I hear yeah, that every song. Every single time I think of grew up. And I, I think I of your think, I think every time I think of flame trees, I think of mm. I think of where I grew up. Um, I found it interesting when we I knew we were going to be doing this album. Um, so Don Walker wanted to actually. He thought it was all. He wanted to move away from. He thought we do, we want, don't want to be pop stars. We don't want to move away from that and be, become harder. Um, and I think the producer was saying, "Why don't you yeah. want to be, make money? Yeah, well, <laughs> Why don't, don't we want to be as popular well, as we possibly can be." Yeah, who makes all the songs? I mean, Don Walker wrote wrote eighty percent of the songs. Mm. Complete mate, genius. Um, in fact, in a, I think um, there was there's certain songs. If you hear Four Walls, which I think is one of the Greatest songs of all time, Australian songs of all time, and then there's songs like Jimmy Barnes's "Stone Cold," which was a, a really one of Jimmy's best ever songs as solo artist. And you can hear that Don mm. Walker wrote that song. His fingerprints—you can see his fingerprints over a certain song. Mm. I sat down with Don Walker near your place in the Cross, yeah, because Flame Tree is one of my favourites, and he actually wrote the lyrics out for me and then signed it, and I got it on the wall next to uh, my John Lennon, my Instant Karma up there. Wow. But Don Walker was asking him about where he wrote the song, and he was telling me where he wrote the song in the sunroom at this place in Elizabeth Bay. And I thought, you know what? This would be a great TV show. Yeah, it would be. A great documentary where be. you take artists and you'd go back and to where talk to him where he, he wrote the song and I mean, why he wrote the song. I, still, I, I did like <laughs> Mark Opitz, the, uh, the, the producer. Can I read this? Yes, you can. We were doing a mountain of coke during the Circus Animals sessions. We would do monster lines of coke and then the band members would go in and do their parts. I remember one time my head turned into a helicopter and I was about to lift off and go through the control room roof. Ah! Oh, man. Is that what it does? We're going to talk about Mad Monday soon. but um, <laughs> uh, 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 um, That's a lot. I, uh, I tell you what, here's a story for you, right? One of, uh, me, myself and Joey, one of the greatest days slash nights of our lives. We're at Musselbrook Races. Every great day starts at Musselbrook Races. And we're, we're punting. Why we're there, I don't know. We've got a limo there. There's myself, Joey, Andrew Tangatatawa, and Matt Hoy. Good crew. So we're there, and it's race three at Musselbrook. Anyway, we get a call from a mate. 
and he owns he's involved with Fanny's. And he said, I'm going to tip you off. That's about, a nightclub. Yeah, it's not. not uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, uh, he goes, I'm going to tip you off about something. He said, get back to Newcastle as quick as you can. He said, Cold Chisel are going to play a secret gig. Their first gig, they're, they're actually coming back together. They're going to debut here. I said, why there? He said, they believe they owe Newcastle a gig because of the Star Hotel. They were going to play the week after. And we're like, mate, are you shitting me? They said, no, 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 get here. Because he said, mate, word's starting to get out. It's going to pack. So we get straight back. And, mate, by the time we get there, honestly, there'd be 2,000 people just out the front. Mate, bonfires in bins and we're waiting. So we go in and he goes, do you want to meet the boys? Me and Jay go, oh, please. Yeah. So they go out. We're chatting to them. And Jimmy goes, would you blokes introduce us on stage? Right? And we go, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So the lights are down, right? And do you know when you're at a concert and they look, and you can see, like, the shadows coming on yep, stage? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're there, and they go. And all going. of a sudden, they see the shadows, right? Come on. It's Joey and I. And the crowd's going, oh, and they're starting to build in a frenzy. And the lights come on. It's me and Joey, and they boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good, uh, is is there, your place. Was that the last day of summer or something tour? They debut that, that that was the first. Yeah, it was. Is, it this, was that is the Star Hotel, a new, is that based on Newcastle Star new, Hotel? Yes. Yeah, Newcastle. Oh, I always oh. thought it was a Star Hotel in no. Chinatown in Sydney. It's a, it's, no. Oh, it's a, no. people I've told, oh, that's the Star this, Hotel. It's the most <laughs> iconic photo. Similar qualities of bar. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, because a, it's a pretty rough little bar there. Yeah. Iconic photo of a, a car turned over on fire and a guy's just running. <laughs> they I were turning. The, I got it on the wall. Not they were doing yeah. that. It, it was absolute frenzy. There were people put in the back of the paddy wagon and blokes were lighting the paddy wagons up so they could release the guys out. It was. Yeah, right. They were up till 10 years ago. They're still arresting people. For those rights. Associated with really? Right. Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. Well, no, it didn't happen. I just made it up. We'll <laughs> take a break after the break, our Mad Monday stories. Yes, and uh, boys, greatest day of the year approaching. And I'm not talking about Father's Day, I'm talking about Mad Monday. Webby, have the teams been had their annual warning? Yes, they have. They've been told to take it easy. I think I think they've walked it back a little bit from other years, particularly because of the COVID protocols. Where I think they banned man Mad Monday. So here's the thing I say about the players. Just change the vocabulary. Don't flag. Don't go, there's Mad Monday coming up. Let's get together for a few drinks. Do you know what I mean? Mysterious Monday. So it becomes, what were they, What did they do? Mild well, Monday. it was a Monday, but it wasn't Mad Monday. We just caught up and had a few drinks. Yeah. Is take that a, Mad Monday? Take a leaf out of a swingers club. Throw your mobile phones <laughs> in a basket. <laughs> Speaking for experience. No, no. Hey, I, yeah, well... I think it's the public. They're the ones that their mobile phones. No, no, no. Haven't you seen them film at each other? Then they send it to each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The old yeah. WhatsApp. Isn't See, that hasn't that become the bane of modern day sports? Where did the what? The what? Dusty got in strife for something seven years ago. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. Was that seven years ago? Yeah, the, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, it's gone mad. Um, anyway, but those the WhatsApp, 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 WhatsApp groups. Mm. They need to get rid of those, don't they? I, the first ever Mad Monday I went to in 1990, I didn't know what it was. They said, oh, we get together for Mad Monday. We met at a place called the Dungeon Bar, which was well-named at Newcastle. And uh, that's exactly what it was like. And I turned up and I just, mate, I was, I was just going, oh, my God. Everyone was basically standing there nude. They locked the stadium so people can't get in. They're ahead of their times. But then one of the players turned up, dressed. He'd come from work and he was he was dressed and he had his John Carandona shoes on. And like, and they're like, mate, 
you know, and he goes, he got there. Anyway, one of the boys squirted him with sauce, and he goes, that's it, I'm going. So they've gone, mate, you're not going anywhere. So he's in, hopped in the car. The boys, Chief and Sarge and a few of the front rowers, he had one of those Mighty Boy cars. They've actually rolled the car and put it on its top on the roof, right? And that was my initiation. Another bloke turned up. And he had a bad reputation. Well, not bad reputation, but a few of the boys thought he probably shirked his duties a few times through the year. So they stripped him, and it was about 30 degrees, right? Late September, they stripped him, taken him out on the oval, literally staked him out naked in the sun and left him out there for like three hours. And like, mate, he was red hair and freckles. Oh, Can God. you imagine? Oh. Imagine how burnt the old fellow would get. Mate. Because it wouldn't see much sun. Another time, 1991, we had a, the first grade side, 91, had some pretty loose units in it. And again, it was locked the stadium. And, mate, they it was got so nuts that four of the players got booted out of the club, even though it was it was just in-house. Oh, my God. Yes. So it was like it was contained. No, no one even saw it. No one even saw it. Uh, the general manager of the club turned up. Uh, he was like, "May you blow settle down." One of the players pulled the phone call out of the wall and maybe started whipping him with it. But <laughs> <laughs> but back in the old days, you get a double decker bus and you just pub crawl all around town. And look, I'm sure there was antisocial behaviour, but there was nothing too bad. Now, you, you, we would flag where we go with mind. the pubs, like we yeah. go to certain pubs, and say so we're going to go there, and they'd say, "Mate, can't can't wait to have you. We've got a room out the back. Go for it." Go for your lives. Mate, nothing got smashed. What would you do now? What do clubs do now? Do they just keep it all in, in like, in a room or? I don't know. What do I you don't do? know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure exactly what they do. But there's some of the ones where Kenty tells the story where he, Kenty's the belief, and I actually get it, that if you're going to go out in public to a certain extent, we'll put it this way. If you're going to do fancy dress, keep it in-house. Yep. Right up. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's flagging. It's a, like, like people who go, oh, look what's going on here. And there was a player who was, Kenty said, dressed as Fred Flintstone, right? <laughs> and he'd gone up and he'd done something and something had happened and had an argument with someone, him and this bloke, and he pushed the bloke over and then ran down the road. Anyway, the coppers chased the player down and got him and said, mate, did you, believe, did you do that? And he said, no, nah, it wasn't me. And he said, mate, you're the only bloke in the city who's dressed like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> on a Monday. <laughs> on a Monday. Look, uh, I think there's a reality to if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, then you've got to be very be aware that you're in public and that you're gonna yeah. get that said. Yeah. The public have to be a little bit you know, if then if no one's annoyed if no one's been a dick, then mate, let yeah. go. it's the gotcha. Oh, it's yeah, the gotcha. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I gotcha. Yeah. Mate, oh, you know trying to sell the I'm footage. I'm going to publicly and... shame you. Exactly. There was an old bloke called Normie Wilkinson who was a stat fella. Anyway, he actually got to the point he was they, they declared him legally blind. He couldn't drive. So he, he had this beautiful bike ride. And a few of the boys rode their bikes to Mad Monday. Anyway, but Tony Butterfield and Jeff Doyle had a, a rousing argument. They lived together. And anyway, Doyley grabbed Butts' bike, and actually they got it to the very top of the grandstand, right? And he yelled out, hey, Butts, and just threw his bike <laughs> down on the cement, and it just shattered. Normally went, no, oh, that's my bike. <laughs> <laughs> quick break. Uh, we're on, just quick on, we were on Mad Monday one time, and the postie come in the pub to deliver the, the mail. We kidnapped him, like Daniel Johns. And got him on the drink, and then we'll have him time trials around the pub on the posting box. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Oh, the, bur- the Burwood Inn. Uh, oh, always delivers. Um, oh. Our multi-tip after the break. Oh, cometh the time, cometh the man. My multi-tip tonight, uh, South 1-12, Latrell Mitchell, two or more tries. Webby? The Rooster come in. Dollar seventy. I take them head-to-head. I'll have any time try scorer Manu and Angus Crichton. That's $10. Uh, Joey, got a tip for us? Bulldogs to win. All up the overs, the points accumulated in... The Roosters South. Benny? Uh, tonight at Richmond Greyhounds, uh, Panama Pepper. Hot tip. <laughs> yeah, Panama. Panama. Nice. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> well, it's all good on you, boys. Enjoy today. That's all from us. Enjoy the weekend and be good to your distant relatives. final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Tyre Power's Bigfooty final sale can't last. Visit tyrepower.com.au now.